Hello all. Um, this is uh, Austin here of the of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Uh, I want to put this intro here to apologize for the technical difficulties on this episode. Essentially, you know, I travel a lot for work, and we have had many times in the past have to had to uh, record episodes where I'm in a hotel. And normally this hasn't been an issue, but the hotel Wi-Fi we were on for this week's episode was really rough in the back half. And so, in fact, we had to, had to we couldn't even finish it. We, we tried to power through, but we had to finish it at a later date when I got back to my apartment. So, yeah, I just want to put this here up front and apologize for any sort of technical mishaps that you have to power through for this episode. Uh, without further ado... Here is episode 126. Hello, all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. I can't believe we're here. I can't believe what we're about to watch um i don't have a joke here it's just oh my god this is this is actually happening uh and also uh uh oh boy uh the timing on this uh oh well we'll get to that i think we'll, we'll i think we'll that. get to okay. that but okay. i don't i don't want to open with it i, I want to that's fair stick i wasn't sure I, I was giving you the option yeah you know? i didn't i don't want to do i don't want to start with that already um so I've watched every WrestleMania um, up to 37, actually. I don't think I ever watched WrestleMania 38. I wasn't watching WWE at the time. And I think I only tuned in just to watch Cody Rhodes debut. Because <laughs> uh, I heard Fair. about it because I was like, let's go. Let's fucking I remember see it. you tuned in specifically for that. Yeah. I remember you sent me the video. Right. Um. But I have watched the other 38 <laughs> WrestleManias up to the point of this recording. Well, yes. Yes. I fair. sadly have lost the... Te- I, had a, I had a Word document that ranked them all. And honestly, I've lost it. I lost it. I've, oh. I've switched. I've changed. I've added. I've had like... I've changed computers twice since I ah. did that document. Yeah. And this is before... And this is before I got... I started using Google Docs as my primary source. This is when I still you mainly use Microsoft Word like a plebe. <laughs> so true. Like that doc, so that ranking is lost to time. I'd have to rewatch all of them to redo it. But oh, wow. I remember that coming would be, away- uh... huh, Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but I remember coming to the conclusion that most manias are flawed experiences not necessarily all bad but there's all there's almost always like oh god this match is here situation there's very few manias that i think are 100 all the way through consistently good manias um and the ones that are made my like top three top five yeah uh which is to say that wrestlemania is one of my is in my top three of wrestlemanias of all time yes fair yeah, WrestleMania 30. I adored this show. WrestleMania it. sex number, baby. Yeah. Of course it's the good one. I remember, I don't remember a ton of my viewing experience on this, but I can give some perspective what it was like watching the show as it aired, which is to say 
that at the time, I'll, I'll just go, I'll open with that before we actually get into the math stuff. Is talking about okay. what it was like watching WrestleMania 30 at the time, uh, because that show was, if you remember, that was the very first show that aired on P- on the WWE Network. Um, this was my yes. freshman year of college. Oh, yeah, you you're right. Yeah. Oh my god. This was my freshman year of college. Um, up to that point, and I've talked about it before on this podcast, especially during this arc. I had been going over to Buffalo Wild Wings. That I lived across my dorm room was across the street. Yeah, my my dorm my dorm building was across the street from Buffalo Wild from the Buffalo Wild Wings. So I would go over there to watch WB pay-per-views every month. Um that stopped when the network became a thing, pretty much killed off that element of 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 uh communal watching. Still miss it to this day. Um yeah. But, you know, we have the network now, so I had it, but all my roommates hated wrestling. Yeah, except for Jonathan, because Jonathan was cool. Now, Jonathan was second year, though. He wasn't, he wasn't. Oh, I always forget that. Fuck. Yeah. My three first year roommates, they all didn't like wrestling. Now, one of them was nicer about it he was from he came from the perspective of like oh yeah that's a thing it was like that thing i watched as a kid and grew out of so he asked yeah. me questions like hey how's ray mysterio doing how's kane doing because oh, he remembers those guys from when he was a kid the other two you know they did the classic doesn't thinks wrestling is dumb kind of shit you know like i'm well aware why do you watch this stuff you know why don't you why don't you just watch mma you know, um, thankfully I come from the base time of 2014. So like wrestling is gay. Her, her, her was not mm-hmm. really something I got. I've ever really received about wrestling. I've talked about it before, but you know, I've never like, that's a common like yeah thing that people say about wrestling. I never experienced that. It was always, why don't you watch real fighting? The only time, the only times we get that is when is is when we're saying it is a good thing. Wrestling is gay, and that's great. Correct. Yes. Um. So they, the and you know this is our dorm room. We only have one television. Um. And though, and even though it was my TV <laughs> that that we brought, you know, they, you know, we still had to share the thing. And yeah. so I didn't get to watch WrestleMania 30 on the TV because Ooh. so I had it pulled up on my laptop and uh, I don't know if you're aware of this viewers, but uh college dormitory Wi-Fi <laughs> is <pretty> spotty. Ooh. <laughs> Obviously your mileage may vary, but uh, on the 12th floor of Taylor tower. No. No, the Wi-Fi oh, kind of sucks. Buddy. So buddy. it was like it was it was like I moved through I started the night. I went to like the communal like study air room on the floor to try to watch it with my headphones in. Obviously, I am a respectful Obviously. person. Yeah. Um, True. And eventually I I moseyed back to the dorm um and just watched it on our couch. Just with my laptop in my lap. 
again, sense. I don't yeah. remember a lot of observations about WrestleMania 30 from watching it. I do remember one. Uh, I talked about it, I think, on the very first episode of this podcast. Don't watch it. Don't go look it up. Um, <laughs> That's for real. But I will bring it up when we get to what uh we do what when we get to it in the show i'll remind us all of like the one reaction i remember like what i was thinking what i where i was kind of a thing but uh wrestlemania 30 yeah. fantastic show i loved it then i when i rewatched all the manias i was like damn this does hold up uh you know it seems like it would and from everything yeah. i've heard right like right um, so now that I've rambled on a little bit about like, because this arc, as many of our modern arcs are come from, you know, a time when I was actively in the fandom and I do actually have some kind of stories to tell about this. Yes, absolutely. Period of time. Uh, I think my more, and, and you, and you had been following like regular, the, you know, regular TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I commandeered, I, I did commandeer my television to watch raw on cable at this because we had cable in the Based. in our dorm so i was like That's i will be watching this on my tv every week thank you very much mm -hmm. um but yeah i was watching the week to week show um uh, wasn't even pirating it they haven't had didn't learn how to do that yet um, hey yo ho baby yo ho um and then we wrestlemania 30 we are here we have followed this long long arc um and now we're here. And so if you're new to our wrestling pot or episodes where we watch pay-per-views, um, due to time constraints of our free time and ability uh. to sit down and record together, we don't watch full oh, pay-per-views. We watch oh, most God. of them. My, my, my prep work is always to uh, create a shorter cut of pay-per-views. Yeah. And... Normally we try to do two hours, uh, two hours of a three hour show. Uh, but one yeah. problem, <laughs> one problem, <laughs> this is a four hour show. And also this could not possibly be cut up into two hours. Correct. Correct. Uh, the Just... main four matches on this show, if you include pre-match and post-match stuff, take up two hours and 46 minutes of the show. So, oh, wow. no, this is a three-hour version. Oh, boy. Who, baby? Oh, my. And yet, we will be watching five of the eight matches of the, excuse me, five of the seven matches on the main card. Okay. This is such a weird thing to remember, think about. Is this WrestleMania, including the pre-show, had eight matches. That is it. <laughs> I, I I feel like that's not a that is like I feel like that's a pretty respectable sized card. That's a very for WrestleMania. That's a very small number of matches. I guess you're right. Although I I'm also I like do not want to I don't want to go count all of them up to this point. But I'll fair. tell you, eight's on the lower end of match of no, match numbers number of matches at Mania. Interesting. Uh, like I'm I'm thinking of like, you know, there's the two night. WrestleManias that obviously are filled to the motherfucking brim. Yeah, those. Ah, those I don't know. I guess. I guess for one night shows, 
it it's gone down to a, 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 a respectable seven to eight matches, but that's for one. That's also across like two that's nights also each across, of seven yeah, to so, eight matches. Yeah. Um, this one night mania is usually had at least 10. I think more of them had at least <sighs> double digits than didn't oh. for single night manias. And obviously like once the they hit days? the network. Yes. Uh, they would, especially early manias, it early manias packed to the brim with matches, especially because most of them were sub five minutes. Yeah. And I was then, about to say a lot of those are right. Like, are like a lot five. of them also had really shitty matches. Um, and then I think it started to lessen as, as like, it was like, we got to, what if we put good link, good matches on pay-per-view crazy thought. Um, and so the card shrunk a little bit. And then they, but then they kind of have ballooned. They balloon back a little bit. They're usually more than eight. And obviously, in the po- once the network was off and running, WWE was like, "Wait, we can make these shows however long we want." And huh. oh no, I will card count for that. No, number of matches at WrestleMania once they hit in the network era. All right, WrestleMania thirty has eight matches. WrestleMania 31 has, and these are including the pre-show, nine matches. WrestleMania 32 had 12 matches. Line go up. WrestleMania 33 had 13 matches. Oh my God. WrestleMania 34 had a 14 matches. Oh my, no way. No, WrestleMania no, 35 no had 16 matches. No shot. How? Now, and then, you know, now we're getting into the COVID years. They're starting to do more than one night of mania. So keep that in mind for the words I say next, right? Yes. WrestleMania 36 across two shows had 18 matches. <laughs> Okay. WrestleMania well, 37. WrestleMania 37 across two shows had 14 matches. Uh, WrestleMania 38 across two shows had 16 matches. WrestleMania 39 across uh, two shows had 15 matches. That's not. So yeah, on a per that, night basis, it's gotten a lot better. But yeah, I see, I can get down with that for like multi night mania. The thirty one to thirty five line go up, like consistently. It just keeps fucking building until we hit the COVID years. But still, WrestleMania thirty five was like six hours long. It was a miserable nightmare. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think you've told me about that one, and that one being, like, a rough watch. It is. A lot of people, like, it's been commonly said that, like, Becky Lynch's main event win was kind of dampened by the fact that the crowd was fucking dead from six hours. Yeah, yeah, fucking Jesus. Like, this, like, they kind of emotionally... Like the kind of the crowd kind of emotionally peaks at Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan in the middle of the show. And oh, then wow. like they kind of pick back up and spit in, in, in spots later on. But the last six matches of the show 
It's like that they, they the, the peak has been hit. It's all downhill from here, really. Okay, yeah, that that oh wow, that's a lot of WrestleMania. <laughs> it is. Oh, uh, but this okay. WrestleMania show had one pre-show match and seven matches on the main card. That's Respectable. All. So let's go through those matches and what um which ones we will and will not be watching. Um the first match of the show on the pre-show, in fact, I'll just go ahead and say what happens cuz I don't even know how we would watch the pre-show. I don't know where it is okay. on the on the on Peacock actually. Uh, was a fatal four-way tag team match for the WWE Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Usos defeated Los Matadors, the Real Americans, and Rybaxel. Usos remain. Yep, that's it. Uh, did the True Americans get any closer to breaking up? Um, not really. Wow! Um, oh my God! Okay, okay. Oh, no, my bad. I I forgot. Okay, after the match, uh, Swagger put Cesaro in the ankle lock. Okay, okay. And Wait. then Coulter was like, it's still good. It's still good. You can put, we can just put a little tape on it. And uh, Cesaro gave J- Jack Swagger the big swing and, told, and fucked off without him. So yes, all right, sweet. I mean, su- sucks for what Cesaro then you know went on to do, which is nothing. But you know, which is a whole big bunch of nothing. Um, yeah. So the fur the first match on the show that we will of course be watching, uh, Triple H versus Daniel Bryan, and the winner will be added to the WWE World Heavyweight Championship match later in the show. Um. The feud hasn't. I I really have light things to say here because there were we we talked about how last time there were two weeks before Mania, and the last two weeks before Mania don't really progress much. It's a lot of wheel spinning. Um, as as they are want to do, they do take the time. Daniel Bryan doesn't appear on the shows again until like the very end of the the go home show of Raw. They really sell the idea that like he is hurt by this damn. By the beatdown. So they do give yeah. us an opportunity to kind of continue to have the evolution guys cut promos on each other, kind of make get better establish the 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 uh, heat between the three of them um without Daniel there. Sure. But other than that, you know, it's not anything like new to the story that I feel like we got to talk about. It's just ah, uh, look at how powerful we are. The uh um oh, evolution, that's the group. Um, yeah, evolution. Uh, the 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 evolution reigns supreme. Nobody can surmise can 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 climb this mountain. Da, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty standard. Right. Stuff. Then uh, the next match on the show, the one what first one that we, we will not be watching, uh, a six man tag team match between Kane and the New Age Outlaws and the Shield. Kane. You know, we already we what? already kind of hit the we already kind of hit the the beat here to this yo that's actually really funny like they've been setting up nao as the corporate stooges and so in lieu of in lieu of the shield that's who kane gets to do contract work for him (laughs) yep yeah so it's the shield getting to beat up at the attitude era that's ah 
Ah, I see. It's symbolism. Correct. Uh, ah, then the uh, next match on the show, the one that we will be watching, I deliberated a lot here because the intro to the show has a big promo bit that arguably is more iconic than the Andre match. Okay. But it's also a whole lot. It's it's time-filling fluff. Okay. And But I debate it's a big moment, and I will watch it and talk about it and probably take decent notes on this one in particular. I don't usually take good notes on the parts that only I watch. But I might take good notes on this one just because it is a big, important moment of the show. Okay. Um, but I decided in the end, let's do another match. I'm here for it. Especially if um, it's the Andre Battle Memorial Battle Royale. Yep. Uh, you know, they've been building Big Show up big as uh like big a real style. contender ah. in this match. Ah uh, like he's he's squashing dudes on Raw. There was a Piper's pit segment devoted solely to piping the Roddy, the the uh the uh Andre match, and at the end of it, Roddy Piper raised Big Show's hand, you know. Ah, they're selling I you see. that like the big show is the man to beat is in the, the match. Is he like, ah, I see. And I and then and then whoops, a doodle motherfucker's going to get thrown out first because everyone's watched how to beat Andre. Everybody yep. knows the meta. Mm -hmm. Then the fifth match on the show, Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. And so um, yes. at time of recording here. We are about a week past uh, the sudden and tragic death of Bray Wyatt. Mm. Um, we found out last week that he passed away due to basically post-COVID complications. The understanding mm. is that basically he had heart issues in the past, uh, clearly manageable if he can be a wrestler. Um, yes. But he got COVID. They exacerbated his heart problems. He kind of just barely made it past COVID. He was mm. apparently on the road to recovery and almost ready to get back in the ring, get back in there. And then he had a heart attack. He yes. died in his sleep. Um, when he um, went to take a nap and mm -hmm. he never woke up. And so it's this is it's been hard and I'm sure it'll be hard to watch this match. I, I didn't watch any of the tribute stuff episodes of WWE because mm -hmm. I'm not watching WWE right now, but mm -hmm. um, I've heard it's all very it's very heartfelt. It was all very heartfelt. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, poor, yeah, big poor Eric Rowan, man. Yeah, yeah, he said do two of these in like three years. Um, I know. Huge heartfelt uh, outpouring of support for this guy, and I mean, like, it was hard listening to our old ep our last episode about this, as we like talked about how like one day Bray Wyatt's is going to go make the horror movies he clearly wants to go make. And we're definitely oh. going to be there in the be there watching and supporting it because the guy's a genius. And Fuck, I forgot. Yeah. We said that. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. It's like Fuck, dude. rarely. The, I don't think wrestling has ever seen a creative mind quite like Bray's. Um, Correct. 
like the kind of stuff character work and storylines he was trying to do sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't but they were definitely unique to wrestling like mm. like wrestling has never really seen story characters and storylines like what he was trying to do with bray yeah. wyatt and then the fiend and then well then the uncle howdy all over himself and it was like well all this for all this for a glow in the dark mat sponsored and, you know, by the, Mountain the, the Dew. Potential, the potential Wyatt Six, you know. Right, right. Like truly a, a great creative mind with a lot to give, still, I think. Yeah. It's it feels like WWE never fully hit his potential. They got close sometimes with Bray Wyatt, the swamp cult man. Yes. And he was, he was definitely the closest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fiend before he beat Seth Rollins in Hell in a Cell by, uh, excuse me, before Seth Rollins beat the Fiend in Hell in a Cell because the ref stopped the match for being too violent. Um, before that, the Fiend as well, like the early Firefly Funhouse and that first entrance with the Fiend coming out with like a lantern of Bray Wyatt's head. Yes. As oh, that's so good. That's so good. And even the early stuff since the young, he 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 lost his plot in his in this LA in his last LA night. The scene. LA night thing. But, but like that that like the redebut stuff with like the with like the uh, QR codes and shit. Yeah. Like there he is again, just coming up with these brilliant. ideas that just wrestling has never really seen before. Yeah, and I you know I. I, w I wonder if they're ever going to, like, reveal, like, what the, the shit with, like, you know, Undertaker whispering in his, in his ear was going to be. Like, mm -hmm. um, there is so much. He care he, he, he sits at such an interesting point mm -hmm. in wrestling history because he is so clearly the spiritual descendant of... Uh, wrestlers that came before him you know kane and undertaker a little bit of a little bit of mick foley in there um uh his character is a send-up of waylon mercy from the 90s like way he waylon mercy was doing a very similar like culty gimmick and he did the he had oh, the same like hawaiian shirt get up oh fascinating okay mm -hmm. so yeah um but then of course it, it evolved he took it to mm -hmm. like this he he was like I'm creating consistent lore, which even you know fucking Taker and Kane never got. Um, it, it he he evolved on the formula, and yeah, it had its ups and downs. But fuck, I appreciate so much what he was trying to do, and that's something I was saying even before he passed. Like even when people were mm -hmm. like, you know, um, like I I get that he was losing the plot of the Uncle Howdy thing, but I was always interested to see what was coming next because I was like, okay, I appreciate what he's going for it here mm -hmm. absolutely uh well well i clearly what undertaker whispered his ear was i'm numb never putting you over boy <laughs> oh yeah well probably he lost like three times to the undertaker I, on oh pay my god jesus what the f that's awful the absolute worst was i think um at survivor series it was kane and undertaker's old asses against the entirety of the wyatt family and the brothers of destruction one go fuck yourself like that's okay to do to like kick off a feud but like fuck 
me do. Yeah, yeah, you, you, um, uh, you ain't going over, boy. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So this, I think, you know, this is our this is our first episode of doing wrestling since uh, Bray Wyatt's passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't really touch on it. We technically it happened episode. before we finished recording the glow episode. Yeah, but, but that's not didn't uh, that was not really the place to talk about it. Yeah, right. Um, so I think it's kind of appropriate. I think this we were kind of touching except for this is maybe Bray's finest moment. It certainly is of the swamp cult gimmick is right here right now against John Cena for the, his legacy. Yeah. And also like shout out to, to Bray running two really successful Cena feuds. Cause I've heard nothing but good things about the firefly Funhouse match with Cena. Yeah. Too. Like, the match, the feud was a whole lot of nothing, and I think you can blame a lot of that to COVID weirdness at the time. Well, like, yeah, like it didn't have like, a chance to really, it didn't really have a I chance heard. to begin being yeah. a feud before. Oops, COVID. Uh, but the Firelight Funhouse match is truly a a one of a kind uh, artistic brilliance within the wrestling history. Okay, so we definitely need to cover that at some point. We yes. should. We should watch just the Firefly Funhouse match. Not even not even anything else from WrestleMania 36 Night 2. Just the yeah. Fire just the Funhouse match. Yes, correct. Uh rest of that rest of that show is pretty forgettable anyway. Um yeah. Honestly, I'd kind honestly I kind of want to do a whole arc devoted to like the cinematic matches of COVID. Oh shit. That'd be interesting. like, like the, like the WrestleMania 36 ones, like the Boneyard match and the Firefly fun house. You have mm. stadium stampede. You have, um, uh, the, the giant ru- money MIPD, in the bank, money right? in the yeah. money in the bank at corp, the, the corporate money in the bank. You got, yes. uh, the, you have the control your narrative match and impact. <laughs> um, the, the what? Like EC3 does like a CYN match against Moose. <laughs> oh Lord! Oh no! You got NXT had a couple parking lot brawl at a parking lot brawl. Like there was a oh, lot. Ooh. I do they love were, some parking lot. Brawl it would shit. be oh the uh, Doctor Britt Baker and Big Swole fighting at the dentist's office that was on pay per view. <laughs> oh wow, that sounds fucked up. Yeah, it was a fun. That was a fun ass match. You could, I don't think you could ever do it again because I feel like they did all the jokes you could do for a match set in the dentist's office. But yeah. I tell you what, uh, Big Swell showing up to Britt Baker's dental practice to throw hands was amazing. That's that's actually incredible. Uh, I would, I would love to see that just for like the, what the fuck of it all. That's like fucking Booker and, uh, and Stone Cold in the, in the grocery store. Okay. Like, which we got to do that episode too. Honestly, these are the people in your neighborhood and they want to fight anyway. Yeah. So anyway, this match we talked, it's, you know, again, nothing new to this feud. Bray Wyatt has continued to kind of be cryptic and weird, but he's not really yes. saying anything new or interesting that we haven't already discussed. Like we already hit the yeah. cool 
the cool beats to this feud. Um, Correct. And they did do a bit where John Cena was fighting Luke Harper and he had him beat and then the lights went out and when the lights came up, John Cena was downed and he had the, the sheet mask on him. <gasps> like spooky, okay, that's spooky cool. bullshit. That's actually cool. But, you know, other than that, nothing to really report about that. I theme. love that. I actually yeah. love that. Then the next match on the card that we will also be watching, The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Of course. The streak is on the line. 21 and 0. Will it become 22 and 0? This is going to be so fucked up. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about a match that takes time. The timestamp, if you include everything from the before the match to everything after the match, this match takes up 51 minutes. Whoo, baby. I know Undertaker liked to have some big boy matches toward the back end of his career, but like, he did. oh, wow. Oh, baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah, uh, they've, they've had a few physical confrontations since then, Undertaker and Brock. But... Uh, so wild. Is that, yeah. But that's not... That's not bell to bell time. That is full in total. That is like the pre-match video, and then the entrances, and then the match, and then the post-match. And because then as the, you can guess, fair, there's the a lot of post-match. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna say the post-match is probably gonna take a solid fifteen fucking minutes. It it does, it does take ah. a long fucking time. Yeah. Um, well, again, we know what we know the punchline here. Honestly, if you want to, if you want to skim through that one, that part, I don't blame you. I will it. be interested to see whether or not I like have things to say about like the po anyway. Yeah. Anyway, then the next match on the show, uh, one that we has, that actually was made before dirt. We're not going to watch it, but this match was actually made since our last episode. It was the last match made for mania. Uh, oh. the Vicky Guerrero invitational match for the divas championship. Um, basically they sell the idea. The idea is that AJ Lee, who, by the way, in the last two weeks of raw has lost twice to Naomi. So mark yourselves down on the continued total divas versus non total divas. Tally hey. marks from last time. There's two more in the win column for the total divas. Um, hmm, wonder why it sure is a coincidence. They have a really successful reality show. Yeah, uh, but uh, they they're playing on they're playing this up as basically like all of AJ's sins coming back to haunt her. Um, okay, as the is that she is feuded with Vicky in in Vicky's words, she got AJ fired and stole her boyfriend, which is correct. That is what happened. What when AJ Lee became the general manager of Raw, this got Vicky fired and oh and her boyfriend like vicky guerrero was all, always covertly kind of had dolph ziggler as her boyfriend like yes. that was part of their dynamic well i didn't realize you it, it was he was actually her boyfriend i just assumed it was no like, no no this is all was super into no, him this is this is kayfabe yeah no no yeah no yeah, i know yeah, but okay. in kayfabe i thought no it was in, just, in, it was in in kayfabe dolph ziggler was fucking the boss oh <laughs> wow 
and okay. was and was oh, not ashamed of AJ, that at all. I didn't know AJ swooped in on Dolph. I know there's other shenanigans with like AJ and and IRL boyfriends, but that that's a whole other thing. But yeah, Sue, this match is AJ Lee defending her title against Oksana, Alicia Fox, Brie Bella, Cameron, Ooh. Emma, yeah. Eva Marie, uh, Layla, uh, Naomi, uh, Natalia, uh, Nikki Bella, uh, Rosa Mendez, Summer Rae, and Tamina. Hey, nobody Mina. Oh, oh, she's so fucked. Yeah, AJ so is literally, defending the belt the entire, against the entire women's AJ, division. AJ versus the world. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. See, fuck, even the stupid divas shit seems like it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, it's honestly, it was kind of the perfect match to put after the streak. Uh, it serves as the buffer match between the streak and the main event. And this show yeah. needed something like it. Yeah. All right. And then the main event, Batista versus Randy Orton versus the winner of the opener in a three-way match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Who's it going to be? Can't who's imagine. Cannot guess be? who's going to win the no opening idea. match. Somebody somebody asked me to guess the outcome of this match, and I say, eh, eh. And I, and I said, that's impossible. <laughs> I said, no. Yeah, I'm for the sake I'll be I'm being nice and not just saying it. But yes. if but, you follow the I mean, story, you know how this is going to go. Yes. There is a there's a clear, you know, trajectory to all of this. Mm-hmm. So that is the card for WrestleMania 30. If you would like to watch along with us, you can do so at Peacock. Uh, NBC Universal streaming service and where WWE licenses out all of their content for a billion jillion dollars. Um, we're here. The seven. This is the seventh. This is the seventh episode of our podcast devoted to this arc. The longest we've ever so done insane. on this show. Ever. Longest. This is probably as long as it will ever be. I can't yes. imagine doing an arc longer. Going than seven longer. Episodes not i mean i can i mean i told you we could do that we could do that to watch all of the wcw 2000 pay-per-views i did throw that out there uh no yeah i guess no that's yeah that's that's fair um but yeah we we are at the end of our arc here and in the back in the back half we'll be back to discuss wrestlemania 30 Oh, wow. And we are back. We have finished WrestleMania 30. So much wrestling. So much wrestling. David actually watched the full thing, and he didn't have to. Only I was going to. I did not watch the full thing. I I didn't didn't watch... Uh, the the Vicky Invitational didn't watch the the Kane match. I didn't give a shit. Okay. Um, I just I just watched that extra beginning segment. Um, oh, you, okay. you, you watched the you watched the uh, the promo. Got it. Yes, correct. Uh, I watched um, the whole thing then, and yeah, definitely were reminded why I was like, this is one of the best WrestleManias ever. Oh, a hundred percent. Loved it. Great, fantastic mm-hmm. show all the way through. 
Absolutely. I, I even concur. On, that even was on what a... is, I think, my third time through this show now. It was a spectacular experience. It was just like, I watched this the day after All Out, so I'm just like, ah, so much wrestling. Yeah, so have, so have I. I also watched this the day after I watched All Out, so. Yeah, yeah. I was like, at the end, I was like, all right, 15 more minutes. Let's go, baby. Come next, on. Next week is going to be so much easier. Well, oh. it's only an hour. Bless up. Bless the fuck up. Um, yeah. Yes, so it's time for WrestleMania sex number. Woo! Yay, baby, let's celebrate like the whole night away. Yeah, we're we're in we're in Mardi. We're we're in New Orleans around Mardi Gras. Uh, the the, the Mardi they got a Mardi Gras company. intro. Oh yeah, no, the the whitest pro wrestling company ever being heralded by like a POC led Mardi Gras parade. That's a uh, that was hilarious. It's the um, whitest Mardi Gras parade that has ever happened. I know. I know they have like they have like a black band and then just the superstars flood it and it's like wow <laughs> oh man the color just shifted massively. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did dig that opening package though. It was it was yeah. a ton of fun. Like yeah, you, you have basically all the superstars marching in a Mardi Gras parade. Those are this really cute thing where like they green screen in like old like big moments from the company mm-hmm. into the parade. Like you have. Andre standing there with uh, uh, with Bobby Heenan. You had something with Stone Cold. Uh, so that was kind of cute. Yeah, yeah. Also, so, Eric oh. Rowan. You can see Eric Rowan still wearing his sheep mask. Oh, yeah, like, the sheep mask the in, the, in the Mardi Gras parade. In the Mardi Gras it's parade, it. you know. Absolutely. Where It's where we're all doing the parade. Um, Absolutely. But we open WrestleMania with the Hulkster mm. brother. Who else yes. did we open this show with, dude? But the I, most uh, important guy the in the history of WrestleMania. of WrestleMania, brother. The most important man ever, some might say. I wouldn't. That, but that's some true, would. dude. <sighs> uh, so the Hulkster, he comes down to the ring. He hot. He's hot dogging already. Man, can you explain here. to me how Hulk Hogan's sunglasses simultaneously look like like they cost two hundred dollars, but also two dollars? It's it's an impressive it's an impressive aesthetic choice. You you know what I, you 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 see what I'm talking about, right? Like yeah, it's it's, they it's simultaneously. They, it's like they got. It's like what's the what's the big cable? What's the big sunglasses company? Ray Bans. They look like the Ray Bans, but then they also have like this shitty plastic outline that makes yeah, it look and, like and the they're fucking touristy. like they're 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 yellow is all. Fu- it looks like you got yeah. them off like the child's rack at at like Walmart. This yep. Ugh, anyway. He immediately is like, well, let me tell you something, brother. And he, he, like, immediately turns his head for the pop. He's like, oh, that's a pop. I hit that. Acting surprise over the pop. Okay. And then Hulk Hogan immediately botches himself here (laughs) as he's like, I want to welcome everyone here at the Silver Dome to WrestleMania 30. And as a reminder, the suit there in the Super Dome in New Orleans, the Silver Dome is where WrestleMania 3 was. Which you can watch on WWE pay-per-view or on the WWFE network. Yep. So he keeps going. Just doing his regular bit, and then he calls it the Silver Dome again. And then yeah, Michael point, Cole's over stops. here on commentary, being like this geriatric fuck. Yeah, they're the commentary is making fun of him. Hogan yeah. like ha- stops mid sentence and realizes what he did. Well, because like, the crowd is chanting Super Dome at him. Uh huh. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, brothers. It's just I was just thinking about body slamming Andre the Giant, dude. Yeah. Uh. I now now that I've stood here, uh, stood corrected by all my Hulkamaniacs, I'm gonna bury all these motherfuckers. You, the Hulkster is always right, brother. Hulkster's going over, dude. That's how this is yeah. gonna work, brother. Yeah. Uh, that's but yeah, that's absolutely. what this is all about, brother. Thirty years of WrestleMania moments, and tonight. Well, I'm gonna stop before I continue on. Is I don't remember when WWE started doing WrestleMania moments. Like, oh, is that like a thing? thing? It is now. I don't remember when it started, and it oh, that's officially. But uh, moments. Oh, really? That makes sense. Is a thing now. Very annoying and inorganic, as you expect. But anyway, it's not great. So tonight we'll have more special WrestleMania moments. Yeah, Stone Cold. The glass shatters. Oh, yeah. Stone Cold. Cold Stone Cold. Stone Cold comes out. He Uh, hops on a mic and just starts. He's like, you know. JBL. What's JBL saying? Actions. Oh my God! Go! I hear you. Are you here? I think. Are we good now? I hear you, brother. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I've been. I've heard you the whole time. You out? My connection was you. Oh well, that's unfortunate. Anyway. uh, I there's no way. But but JBL says. Anyway, JBL. Is like this is a dream come true, and I'm like JBL. I guarantee these two have been in the ring together. In fact, I have another bit about this later. Oh Not yeah, in a oh yeah, no, no. Match, I, I... They've... because they didn't want because Ho- Stone Cold didn't want to put over Hogan, so and they Hogan didn't have a match match. Hogan. Hogan didn't want to put over Stone Cold, brother. Um, yeah, yeah, no, so but, uh, but, a... but, 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 uh, uh, Stone Cold fucking comes out and he's like, um, uh, you know, uh, if you're it's, ready it's for WrestleMania 30, give me a hell yeah. I'm hell excited yeah. to be back here in the Silver Dome. Yeah. <laughs> and then Stone Cold says, normally, gets it on whoever's in, in the ring with him, me. Open a can of whoop ass on the immortal Hulk Hogan. Give me a hell yeah. Yeah, the, the crowd worry. of course says hell yeah, and then and then Stone Cold basically is like actually psyched. Eh, eh. And eh, then he eh. says, eh. Yeah. And then Stone Cold eh. like, instead, I'm gonna suck off Hulk Hogan as uh, I'm gonna he... list every single WrestleMania ever. Yeah, he does his bit where he where he does he he, <laughs> he gets the what he makes a list and then gets what chance for it. Is he's like I at know. WrestleMania Hulk Hogan was at WrestleMania one what WrestleMania two what WrestleMania yeah. three what he keeps going he goes up to fucking WrestleMania ten why Hogan wasn't at Hogan wasn't Wait, at really 10. yeah he oh only was God. up to nine Stone Cold you fucking dumbass Austin says he has nothing but respect for Hogan and he wants. Show his appreciation. He's done in this business. 
and, and, and uh, Hogan, of course Hogan is like Hogan gets on Mike. Yeah. Like somebody Stone Cold Steve Austin a hell yeah. Well, yeah, we got to give him a hell yeah for putting Hogan over, brother. So Austin is like he said he'd love to flap his gums, but he wants the boys in the back to come out here. He wants the current regime to come out here. Put everything they got in just like they did. Yeah, the, the, the I, I love I love that he uses the word regime, the current regime of WWE superstars to give it their all for your asses, not for any other parts of your body though. Yeah, just, just and your then asses. Yeah, Rock is here too. I guess uh, we are. We have formed. Johnson is here. Yeah, uh, we are forming the Mount Rushmore of sports entertainment live on the stage. I think that was a JBL line. And like, honestly, yeah, you add Cena on there, you get you get like the Mount Rushmore of WWE. Mm-hmm. Like though, that is kind of uh, like no. the four pillars, as it were. Still make I still I, mean, I had a couple more notes making fun of commentary acting like this is like what a moment when this is like 2002 yeah. all three of these dudes squared up at some point in 2002. Yeah, yeah, the, he mentions that anyway. Yeah, so Rock Rock goes in and hugs both men, and he's like, you know, it is a true WrestleMania moment when all five of your senses are on fire. You can hear it mm-hmm. from these people. You can see them. You can feel it. You can taste it. You can definitely smell it. Finally, <laughs> The Rock has come back. Yeah, apparently that's a pop line because people were like re- reciting along with it. Yeah, him doing finally The Rock has come back to blah, 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 where? Ah, well, shit. Yeah, damn. See, see the the, the noob. This, I still have so much to learn. The Rock has come back. Lot, we, we we haven't seen a lot of prime Rock on this show. Yeah, we we've yeah watched, like like we've watched a decent Post amount of Nation rock. era Rock, but like yeah, that I think the most we've gotten out of like Post Crisis Rock is fucking the Christmas episode we did. Yeah, the rock. one. Yeah, that one Christmas episode. Yeah, we'll and that and that was so that filled to the brim with fucking pop lines. I couldn't even remember what half of them are. Sure. I I'll, I'll, I'll have to keep that in mind going forward. Hell yeah, that's, that is a that is a uh, that is a uh, missing gap in the in the yeah, programming so far. Anyway, after the Rock does his bit, I write uh, Jerry and JBL being lame as usual because they're like, let's get a Superdome chant going. Hashtag Superdome. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Uh, uh, Dwayne Dwayne makes sure to like very pointedly call it the Superdome and. And uh, Hulk is like, ah, this guy, he's so mad. You know that Hogan is fucking fuming over this just beneath the surface. You can tell he's going to go back and politic against all these jabronis for making fun of him. (laughs) Yeah. The Rock is like, and I see when I look at this ring, I don't see the greatest of all time or blah, blah, blah. I see my best friend, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and my childhood hero, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and which I he mentions that he and Hogan have fought at Mania? Question mark. They did at WrestleMania 18. Really? Uh, Hogan, Hogan, and uh, The Rock had a match. Um, it overshadowed the fuck out of the main event of that show. Which was wait, it wasn't first... the main event? No, because it wasn't for the title. So they they put the title oh match on last, God. which was Jer- Chris Jericho versus Triple H. And uh, I mean, good match, but also what the fuck. You know, the headliner was Austin Rock. Um, but 
And he is like, Rock is like, he's headline manias with both men. They've had an incredible impact on not just his career, but the men and women in the locker room. And actually, I actually did really like this part. The Rock goes, a man is going to come out here and fight in the name of hustle, loyalty, and respect. Boo! Boo! Fuck you. Yeah. But mm. that wonder man who doesn't... Wonder who he's putting over there. Yeah. But that man doesn't do that. So someone vows to say his prayers and eat his vitamins, brother. Sure. And tonight, a man is going to come out to rise against the authority. Yes. 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 But that doesn't happen unless a certain bald-headed SOB had the guts (laughs) to not only cross the boss, but whip his candy ass. Yeah, that was awesome. And then the rock kind of ruins it and with the, the next part. The, this is where this is where, my favorite part of this fucking promo. I was just like, oh god, this is absolutely 2014 rock humor. Um rock. 2010's return rock humor. This is right here. He's like, these those are facts. And here's another fact. You ever wonder why so many WWE fans have birthdays exactly nine months after WrestleMania? The rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is crediting his sheer sexual charisma for, like, his own personal WrestleMania baby boom. What the fuck? Now, I wish I had written down. I There's no way I could have written down. He basically says, like, he's he, he, he fights with so much passion that mom and dad are on the couch deciding they should share some passion of their own. Uh, maybe and make and, some and make some rock babies. babies. Yeah, uh, yeah, and the crowd loses their minds. But I thought that was fucking hilarious in a deeply unhinged sort of way. It was very insane to just have this be part of the, ma- the mat, the promo here. <laughs> um, oh shit! I have a January birthday. Well, oh no, you're oh, safe. No. I have a December birthday, so I'm no because you know, it, it, it's, it's in April. It's in it's in early April. Nine months after April is January. Yeah, but your your parents don't watch wrestling. So, well, so that's different. Not as far as I know, anyway, brother. Uh, anyway, you know, The Rock is just like it's an honor to be in the ring with you two in front of all these people. Maybe as a man, and then Stone Cold is like, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Yeah, it will say something like, okay, I guess we're do? doing this. And then Hulk Hogan's like, so what you gonna do when uh, blah, blah, blah uh, runs wild? It gets longer you? every time. I just, I, I just kind of like... Hogan, Stone Cold gets the beer, the beers, the Steve oh, Weiser. Someone is fucking chucking beers at Austin from outside. Yeah, that's all. That's always how that's worked. Yeah, but it's like... It's been for years. But like, I, I, it's the first time I've noticed it. It's like expert precision. Like... Just yeah, it's, it's just like this dude who just tosses beers at Stone Cold. That's his one job in the company is to toss. That's his one job is toss the beers. Yeah, every time Austin's about to make a return, they call him up and they're like, "Gary, we have a very important job for you, brother. We got another job for you, son. Yeah. Time to toss the beers again." It's he's got like a red hotline phone, like in a fucking like superhero movie. Yeah, he's got phone, but but for tossing Stone Cold's beers. Absolutely. It's shaped like Stone Cold's head. It's a whole thing. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so and, the and, then, and then Austin passes them out. Mm-hmm. 
They chug the beers. It's, it's okay. It's chug is a chug is Stone, a okay. Stone Cold does. Stone Cold. Maybe, okay, even with even then, maybe a <laughs> tablespoon each actually makes it in their respective mouths. Most of it just goes all over their fronts. Like the not much beer actually gets in the mouth. They're all drenched mm-hmm. by the time this whole sh- shebang is done. Yep. Uh, but then, uh, and then, and then, and it cuts to the announced team cheersing with their shitty ass diet Mountain Dew. Like, ah, we got drinks of our own, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah, you do. Anyway, it's time for the goaded WrestleMania promo video. (laughs) Fuck you you my way. This is better. Fuck you. I will agree with that. Uh, It's time for the Daniel Bryan monster video. Oh my Set to God. Monster by Imagine Dragons. Which I immediately added to my playlist, I want to add. It's really, it's, it's actually a good song. But it does this, it's this cool, the video is so structured, so cool. It, first, they do the first, like the first verse of the song and the first chorus shows older highlights of Daniel Bryan. Yeah, like ROH era. So you see some ROH clips. We see him in NXT when his thing was he is when his thing in NXT in the NXT when it was a game show was that his mentor oh was the, when his mentor was the Miz and they're like yeah I mean you've been on the Indies but what where's your personality where's your charisma oh like, my god yeah like there's a running theme here of like putting DB down for every way he does not fit the mold. Right, but then he overcomes and he perseveres through his early, early parts mm-hmm. of his career. And then, right after the first chorus, they cut the song out, and we get all the promo videos of Triple H being like, "You're a B plus player, Daniel. That's a good little spot for you." And Stephanie be like, yeah. "You know, you're five eight. Too, yeah, we get, we get, <laughs> we run. I feel like I picked all these episodes." The episodes for these art, yeah, just watching the promo video and getting the ones where they say the lines. Absolutely. No, every single one of these was like, I saw that clip. I saw that yeah. clip. I think the only one I didn't see was, I don't think we saw the one where Stephanie's going like, you're maybe what? 5'8", 200 pounds. Which I just thought that was that was just funny. Shade comes from reading. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but, and then the song cuts back in when Daniel does, starts doing his promos about like, you don't want to, you don't want, you can't stand seeing people like me succeed. These people want to see someone like me succeed. And the only way that's going to happen is if I beat the crap out of you. <laughs> and then right. like, as he gets beaten down, they'd show the bits from like when he gets beaten down with handcuffed. And then once the song kicks back in, they show highlights of Daniel fighting again. It's just super cool video. It's hype as fuck. Let's and the go. way it runs, like the evolution, it's really, it's really mm-hmm. satisfying too. Because like there is a very distinct physical transformation for Daniel Bryan over the years. Like mm-hmm. he goes from like you know super short hair, super scrawny, no beard, to like kind of the you know the rugged caveman look that he's rocking in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, seeing that kind of evolve as time goes on, too, it's a great physical representation of what's going on. Yeah, insanely tremendous video package. Uh, and it just, it, it once again, just one last time makes me question, how the fuck was this story not the plan from the goddamn beginning? This was I still so, can't they had such they a had layup, like and, it took them for, and it took them forever to hit and, the layup. And multiple show hijackings. For them to get the fucking message. 
Like they had it and they almost were ready to just give it away. I know. I know. Like the audience had to put in so much fucking work here for Vince to be like, oh, maybe this is a profitable idea. And and then they actually went through with it. But holy shit, it was the the biggest narrative layup in history. And I can't believe they almost whipped it. Oh yep. boy. All right. But, but yes. That, it, because the first yeah, match of the show is Triple H. He is out here Daniel in her Bryan. best uh, uh, sexy founding father cosplay. Um, and I was thinking, I was thinking Zatanna, Zatara. I mean, uh, yeah, 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 that, that too, that too. But like, I need a little bit more like, you know, coat tails and top. Yeah, for, for, that, for like, context, she is in like her business suit top, but she's also kinda? in like yeah. short shorts. Short shorts. She's got like a black rough choker. Uh, right. Her sleeves are poofy on the end and stick out from, from underneath her, her suit jacket. Um, Again, you know, decent amount of decolletage, you know, like I said, sexy founding father. And she is here yeah. to um, uh, uh, to uh, introduce her equally sexy husband, Jesus. The um, most powerful rest- man in WWE. I, I okay. The, Triple they H- call him, I, I, I really want to drive this home. One of yeah. Triple H's nicknames is the King of Kings. That's what Jesus is, is called. Why, why are they... Why we is he Jesus? This, we settled this in '98. Remember, they had a whole no, match we... about who was. The, they had a whole match about who was the best King of the Ring winner, the King of Kings, you may say. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, so wrestling Jesus is here on his. On I got a. I got a. Cli- I got a. I got a YouTube meme to show to send to you now that you're on this bit about the about King of Kings. Yeah. Oh, I look forward <laughs> to seeing it. I also. I also. Um, no, Triple H's entrance is fucking awesome. You know, he's got his full, like, skull crown get up. He's on, like, this badass metal throne, scantily clad women surround him. Do you know who those, do you know who those three women are? Well, I assume it's part of Stephanie and Triple H's polycule, but, you know, I'd I'd love to be in (laughs) love further. Okay, I'm, I'm, kayfabe, it can be anything, really. Well, 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 that's that's what I'm saying, is, you know, Stephanie's over here, totally okay with these, watching these scantily clad women undress her husband. Clearly, you know, they're going to go have fun afterward. I'll give you a hint and see if you can work your way out from there. Um, These three women are in NXT. No. Yeah, so you're not. Had, you're not about to tell me these are the fucking horsewomen. You are not about to tell me that. Two of them there are. Is, there is <laughs> it's, no. It's Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Alexa Bliss. What Alexa the fuck? Was, Alexa was the short blonde girl in the front. I'm surprised you couldn't tell that was her. Charlotte I wasn't is paying the, attention. Charlotte is just the like, taller. Uh. Woman, was the Charlotte was the taller woman on Triple H's right, left, and Sasha was hanging. Was the one hanging out kind of at the back. I see. I wasn't paying attention to the faces. I just assumed, oh, it's female NPCs one, two, and three. So I didn't. Well, I didn't effect- really like. Effectively, they were. But yeah, that's effectively Sasha, they were. Sasha like, Banks, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, and Charlotte Flair getting a get a, a, a NPC spot on Mania as oh the sexy servant girls for King for God King Triple H. King Triple H. Oh wow, that's. That's bizarre. Okay, well, that's that's wild to fucking know. The, yeah, also, the, the places I, the developmental talent shows up. 
Yeah, my <laughs> name, my name, my my note for this entrance was: "This is cool, but also the most midlife crisis thing ever <laughs> seen in wrestling." That was that was that is a really good observation from you. Because yes, like but also overcompensating doesn't even cover it. <laughs> begin to he has the most extravagant entrance of the night, bar fucking none. Oh yep. my god. Uh yeah, so the, the arena is doused in DX green as he as he approaches very slowly, a running theme of entrances tonight. I mean um, it's a long ramp. It is a long ramp, so that doesn't help either. It's a long way to that ring. They're taking it the long way. Um, uh, there was this great shot. He gets he gets to the edge of the ring. Stephanie's standing there. She looks down at him. He looks up at her, and he's got kind of this stoic look on his face. But you can just see the corner of his mouth slightly turn up and this smug fucking smirk. Oh, my mm. God. It was a great moment. Um, he, you know, he does the water spit, uh, gets in the ring, hoopla. Um, and then... In stark contrast, uh, Daniel Bryan's music hits and he just comes out and just comes to the ring like he's doing his normal thing. Mm -hmm. um, which I have to say, there is something beautifully symbolic about like Triple H getting this like giant over the top fucking production design ass entrance. And then Daniel Bryan like coming and just doing his thing like like normal. There is there is mm -hmm. a there's something poetic there, I think. Um, yeah. Jerry Lawler declares that WrestleMania has become Yeselmania. Shut, shut up, Lawler. Um, even even if I support the message, no, terrible. And Stop. also, and also, Cole echoes my sentiment from a second ago, but takes it super far in being like, "Yeah, Daniel Bryan's like the blue collar proletariat." Like, oh, oh, okay. Let's not get like too lost in the sauce here i know i know vince is in your ear wanting you to do like class-based pandering but like <laughs> come on now jesus i wish someone had been i wish someone had been in jbl's ear and told him to not in fact make so many animal you know animal references for it throughout the night yeah <laughs> well he's the heel commentator so he's gotta be a dick uh. guy needs to come up with more material um <laughs> get more material goat yeah pal anyway uh this match was awesome oh um, my fucking god this is this match this match gets talked about a lot as like a contender for the greatest mania opener ever i think most people generally only have like brett and owen as being definitely better than this yeah this I mean I I don't think I've seen that Brett and Owen so I can't speak to that one. Yeah, I haven't I haven't um, either. Or outside, oh, that's fair. It's been it's been a while, you know. Ah, yeah. Um, uh, um I, but like uh like yeah, like kind of my main thing as a kind of overarching theme for this match is like unironically this is insane and awesome to be watching. Like Two of the greatest to ever do it, meeting each other in the ring, is is one thing, and that and that is undoubtedly a description of both Daniel Bryan and Triple H. They are both two of you know the some of the best to ever fucking step into step into a wrestling ring. But like, in some ways, this is not a match that like should have happened because like mm. it's it, it's highly improbable. Like it's this gigantic clash of styles. We just simply don't get to see with any regularity. Like, Triple H, you know, he, you know, he obviously kind of, like, started off 
WCW, whatever. But, like, by the time he really found his footing, you can basically call him, like, a WWE homegrown guy, right? Like, he wrestles very much in the style of a WWE wrestler. And he wrestles a very, like, punchy, like, brawler yeah. type. And that's not, that's, again, not I need to emphasize, this is not a bad thing. This is not an yeah. insult to him by any means. The WWE style can be done exceptionally well. We've seen it done exceptionally well by scores of wrestlers. Um, but it does stand in this insane stark contrast to somebody like Daniel Bryan, who is the technical wizard. You simply don't get to see mashups like this on the reg, um, mm. mostly because, like, you know, the, the probability mm. of, like, two of those types of people stepping in the ring is not insanely high and like and, and and triple h and daniel bryan too are like the epitomes of these two styles triple h mm -hmm. is at like the forefront of like wwe style wrestling daniel bryan is at like the forefront of like technical indie guy style wrestling so this is this is fucked in like the best way possible what's um, the crazy it, what's the craziest thing to me is that triple h kind of steps into bryan's of how he wrestles this match. Yes. Like, oh my fucking god. I've yes. never I've never seen Triple H work this many holds in my life. Um oh, oh, oh my god, yes, 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 yes. Triple yes. H this is Triple H la Triple H's last great match in his career. Like he will never really have like he'll have matches I think that come close kind of close. Like his match with Thromania not too fucking long. Um his match with Triple H with Batista, excuse me, at WrestleMania was also fine, but also even too fucking longer. Um, <laughs> Triple H is on a lengthy, in the middle of a lengthy streak where his match will be the longest match at WrestleMania for oh. years. This is how this happens. And that's still true here, um, which is so fucking unnecessary. But, you know... In this case, it's fucking boring. It works so well here and pretty mm -hmm. much never again. Uh, his match with Sting <laughs> didn't need to be this long. His match with Roman so didn't need to be this long. Oh, so does not need to be that long. His that match is, with uh... Seth didn't need to be that long. Yeah. I didn't need, we didn't need to see Triple H get back in the ring at Saudi Arabia and have a tag match with Sh Shawn Michaels against Kane and Undertaker and stink the whole goddamn bed up. Doesn't even, doesn't even cover it. Oh, uh, but here, here, amazing. His working yeah. boots were on for this oh match. My fucking God. Um, Triple H starts off the match by going for the handshake. Daniel Bryan kicks him away. Um, which I have to wonder, like, if this has anything to do with, like, Vince trying to stick it to, like, Ring of Honor, like, just as a random, like, Ring of Honor. I, I doubt it. I, that's, it's, I, I doubt it. I think but, it's much, I did find it funny. Story, there's too much story focused on specifically handshaking. Yeah, no, I know. But, like, it, it, I did find it funny that, like, they actually did show, like, Ring of Honor footage from him. And then the first thing he mm -hmm. does is technically disrespect the Code of Honor. Yeah, um, funny, funny coincidence, I think. Yeah. Um, um but yeah. But triple but try Daniel Bryan does some strikes. Triple H kind of takes advantage. Triple H rest to roll out. Daniel mockingly offers the handshake. And JBL says this is insulting for Daniel Bryan to do this. And then Jerry goddamn Lawler. Oh my god. JBL, 
if there he has issues with his short-term memory. Has he been drinking milk drinking from milk forgetful from cows? cows? Amnesia milk? Lawler! Lawler actually a good point. He's trying to call back to like story and recent history. Yeah, of, this, of the handshake. Motion, but of course, he had to say it in the. But most before that, he's like, way. he's drinking milk from forgetful cows. Cows. And I think what I think JBL it? was stun locked for a couple of seconds, for about thirty <laughs> yeah, seconds. Was. Jerry, I don't think he, he was, was like what. Jerry Jerry Lawler unironically believes that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Yeah, yeah. He he, he heard that joke in fifth grade, and he's like, oh shit, for real. And he's like, and he Jerry Lawler will remember this. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Um I was kind of skim on mash but, notes for the for the front half. It's it's kind of a lot of like mm. uh early on, like Daniel Bryan and Trips are pretty evenly matched. Like Yeah, they're doing early, they're so doing Daniel again Bryan, a lot of like grounded technical wrestling. Triple H like working the arm in a way that I've never seen. Working work. the arm. It's, it's and, kinda, and Daniel Bryan is, is is trying to like firebrand his way through this match. Like basically kind of what what it seemed like early on in the match is like Daniel Bryan's sheer like speed and tenacity trips trips up triple h um mm-hmm. and he's a, and he's able to get like some good sequences on him but then triple h is able to kind of like brute strength his way back to being on the offense for a little bit and it, it goes like yeah. that um for a little while um i the the first the first place where i really started taking like concerted bash notes is when they're doing shit with the announce tables do you have do you have stuff before that um I, I, you know, I did some notes. Dan, I was like, whoa, when Daniel Bryan did a jump, did a DT to Triple H onto the floor off the apron. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, and then uh, Stephanie, I wrote a note of like when Stephanie was like yelling at trash talk. He's like, you're never going to win. You can't beat him. Oh, that's her this entire match. She's just oh, screaming. First at time I noted that. Um, Daniel Bryan goes to the top rope. Triple H hits the rope and crotches Daniel and throws Daniel to the mm. floor. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Triple H clears off the English announce table. That's up. Hey, hey, and here's a fun drinking game. Take a shot every fucking time the, annou- the, the, the uh, uh, announce table gets cleared off. It's more often this- than I thought would be how than you would think of how much that happens. Yes. Take a um, shot every time that happens tonight. Triple H tries to do a pedigree. Brian fights him off, but then Triple H is like, fuck you then, and slams the Just injured slams arm into the table. And then yep. he tries to go for the count out win. Like, he rolls in and is like, start counting. Uh, Brian does get in the ring, though. Triple H starts attacking the arm more. Um, at uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, Triple H gets in the fucking cross-face chicken wing. Yeah, that was, like, a, that, okay. was a, that was a move and a half. That's a that's a dumb Triple fucking how to move. Do that. Or that's a dumb fucking name for a for a move that actually looks pretty cool. I don't know who named it, but uh Well, Jerry Lawler knew it, so it might be some down south Memphis shit. I mean Bob Backlund called it the crossface chicken wing. So yeah, I, well, I don't know if I don't know if he originated that. Either way. Uh yeah, that was but I was like, I didn't even know Triple H knew that move. What? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Again, doing that that like going to that technical shit. He's he's playing Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan's game, trying to like submit him for the disrespect. Yeah, Daniel Bryan tries to fight him off, and Triple H just gets him down on the ground then and does like a regular crossface. Into the crossface, the, the like just you know, a vanilla yes lock essentially. Um 
Uh, uh, yes, lock then, is a lapel lock, and the the big difference is the let is he hooks the is you hook the leg hook the arm with your legs is the difference between like a lapel lock. See, and a I thought I saw him hooking the arm with his leg too. No, nah, you not nah, you didn't. Okay, I thought. Never mind. I thought I saw that. Um, because yeah. I do know that difference. Um, yeah. but yes. Um, Daniel Bryan's able to crawl to the crawl to the ropes though, break the hold. Although Triple H is getting overzealous and like keeps the hold on too long, the ref actually has to get in his face. He's like, like "Hey, hey. you break, you break." Um, uh, Lawler makes a comment about how like Stephanie's on the outside with an evil smile on her face. JBL, you know, because he's the heel, says, "Ah, she's a beautiful woman. Let's be respectful." And Lawler, once again, incapable of making a good point without still coming off as obnoxious. Uh, I didn't say she wasn't beautiful. I just said she had an evil, an evil smile. Okay, yeah, th- th- thank you, Lawler. Um, fucking, he even has a wholesome face. He still managed to be a perv. Ugh. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so uh, they, 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 they Triple H and Daniel are kind of exchanging blows. Uh, but then I thought a cool Daniel- thing. I thought a cool thing was uh, this sequence. So Daniel Bryan does his backflip off the top rope, which is part of his like comeback sequence. Oh yeah, Triple H counters and counters and tries to do a German suplex. Bryan counters that and hits Triple H's big ass with a German suplex. Always, always appreciate a German suplex on a guy who is significantly larger than you. Oh my god, like, that's always a fascinating thing to watch. I let's see. Did I where, where did I have? Because I I had the German in there. Um, this is this is like a little after what I what I was about to yeah. talk about. Um, okay, they exchange okay. blows. Daniel runs the ropes, like shoulder checks. Triple H. Um, oh yeah, I did skip. I thought you were further than that. Yeah, I take note. No, that's fine. Uh, Daniel Bryan tries to rev up the yes kicks. Um, but after he lands a couple, Triple H puts an end to it, and then yeah, throws Daniel to like the 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 top of the corner. Daniel fucking backflips. Triple H goes goes to hit him, and yes, Daniel Bryan reverses into fucking Germaning Triple H, which again, I I think you know if an intentional story beat, look at the little guy TM German mm-hmm. suplexing the massive mountain person who is Hunter yeah. <laughs> Hunter Helms Hemsley. Uh, no, uh, then fucking- a cool thing, a cool move was Triple H like does for the chicken wing again, but Daniel Bryan fights out of it. So Triple H just. He does like a German suplex, but he keeps the but arms like, hooked. Yeah, the way he, he does it with the arms hooked, and he just like fucking tosses him. Like he does yeah. not like Dan- like Daniel when he German Triple H tried to bridge it into a pin. Triple mm-hmm. H just eats him all the way Yoink. across the ring. That is, I don't think I've ever seen someone get thrown that far with a German before. That was fucked up. Um, yeah. So Daniel's back in the corner. Um, but he manages to 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 land a sunset flip on Triple H, which again, yeah, crazy. So top Daniel Bryan flip. moving around a guy of Triple H's size like that is is mm-hmm. nuts. Daniel Bryan starts doing the drop kicks into the corner. Drop one, kicks, two, and then Triple H third time, bam! Counters it with this it's an insane fucking clothesline. Oh my god! Um, and then uh, he tries to get Daniel up for the pedigree, which 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 Daniel counters again so then triple h just goes for the cross face again trying to he go is, for that he fucking is doing disrespect. it but then daniel bryan is fading oh no triple oh he's h selling roll- that really well too triple h rolls through and rolls around and gets brian back in the middle of the ring oh no uh but brian breaks the hold and gets in the yes yes uh triple h 
And so, so it's it's sick as fuck to watch Triple H like suffer to the yes lock. That mm -hmm. was awesome. Yeah, um, Triple H barely gets his hand to the ropes to break the hold. Yes, yeah, Stephanie point, has to be like, "Come here, boy. Come here, boy." Is ropes right like, "Take my hand." Here, yeah, take my hand. That was that was hilarious. But then uh, JBL suggests that losing this match would be Triple H's most embarrassing loss in his entire career, especially in the 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 yes lock. Which is, I, I get we're telling a story here, but uh, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, 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 what I took it as like, he did everything in his power to bury Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan still came out on top. So like, I, I got it from that angle of like the sheer like defiance this is to any ounce of authority that Triple H has. It would just be devastating yeah, to his yeah. ego. Um. But, you know, Daniel Bryan, um, he then, starts hitting his moves. He's doing the dives to the outside. He yeah, so so the so the, the way the sequence goes, two topes to the outside. Um, which I should note, he tried to tope Triple H earlier, and Triple H like caught him. So that yeah, was, he just um, nagged him with a forearm. To the face. Oh my god, yeah, that was fucked. Um, so here he hits two different to topes, throws Triple H back into the ring, uh, like a springboard drop kick off the fucking turnbuckle. Um. And then he goes for the Psycho Knee, um, and Triple H counters it into a Spine Buster and then a Pedigree for a yep. two count. Which Before, was, yeah. yo, watching him catch Daniel out of midair and throw him down for a Spine yep. Buster was fucked. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. A couple, a couple notes from this is I noted that a bunch of noticed that a bunch of people on hard cam have little pieces of paper with the yes printed on them. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. That was cool. And then. That was cool, uh, yeah. I took a lot of Dan, Michael Cole had a lot of great calls tonight. Um, one of them I noted is when the pedigree hits, JBL's like the yes movement just died, and then Daniel Bryan kicks out. Michael goes not yet. Yeah, no, Cole is at his Cole is at his like kind of sharp, snippy best tonight. Of like mm -hmm. he he's not able to like always pull out the single greatest lines, but like when he's when he's on it, he's able to just like bring the fire that that mm. carries these types of matches oh there's the definitely a there's definitely one in the in the main event where he is just on fire. oh oh there there are definitely a few there are definitely some shit i wrote down uh one thing i will give him credit for um is he's really leaning into you know we're talking about triple h's nicknames he's really leaning into the cerebral assassin thing that's another one of this triple is a cerebral H's assassin match cerebral assassin yes this is oh this is top tier cerebral assassin except there's something we have we've kind of neglected to mention is Daniel Bryan keeps kind of catching Triple H in these like roll-ups and counterpins, essentially. There's mm -hmm. there's a fire here. There is a this is like, you know, in contrast, this is a sign that Daniel Bryan is able to like get past the cerebral assassin a little bit. He's able to outmaneuver, outsmart the cerebral mm -hmm. assassin. The story here of like, you know, Triple H almost like letting his ego get in the way a couple times and Daniel able to like even outwit the great cerebral assassin. That was a great, like fucking running theme throughout this too. Um, yeah. and then, uh, so basically another series of reversals, um, triple H throws Daniel Bryan, Daniel lands on his feet. And then with a simple running, but psycho knee, he drops triple H one, two, three. Oh, Daniel, shit. down. Uh, Stephanie is stunned by this. In the words of JBL, the yes movement has beaten the authority. 
Absolutely. Uh, and I, 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 I it was interesting because I personally, I was really hoping to see Daniel make Triple H tap to the to the yes lock. On one hand, like I get not wanting to do that to Triple H, but two, I also do like kind of what I was talking about earlier, the simplicity of um, you know, Triple H is throwing up all these barriers and yet with just the simplest little thing that that special je ne sais quoi Daniel Bryan has, he's able to refute every ounce of the authority's bullshit in just one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. So that is that that's an incredible kind of thematic way to finish yeah. it off. And then after the match, um, Stephanie gets in the ring, starts slapping Brian, and Brian's just like and laughing. He's laughing. And then Triple H comes from behind. <laughs> boom! Like fucking like Lariat's Daniel from behind mm-hmm. down to the so ground. So he, 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 he uh, sends Brian's arm into the ring post and then smashes Brian's arm with a chair. And so Brian is kind of crumbled in a corner now as they walk off. They've, they've, Brian's it, uh, it, uh, arm is fucked for yes they, they they have wor- they have sufficiently worked the shoulder they've well. done the best they can do um yes. we go backstage real quick um and sergeant slaughter no, oh no, actually one more thing i want to mention the outlaws about that. the outlaws match happens first oh the out the outlaws match happens. also one last thing i want to point out is as triple h mm-hmm. and stephanie reach the top of the ramp after beating up daniel stephanie raises triple h's arm of like yeah he may have just lost but we're gonna he may have lost the battle, but we're going to win the war. We've won. So, yes. So then we go to the mat. The next match, the New Age Outlaws of and Kane versus the Shield. Uh, the New Age Outlaws are about to do their whole bit. The Shield's music hits and interrupts them. And then before mm-hmm. the Shield can get down to the ring, Kane's music interrupts the Shield. Um, but then they come out. It's a three-minute six-man tag match. The Shield just squashes the fuck out of the old people you love to see it this wrestlemania in a lot of ways tries to feel like a new era a new guard a new like a new generation except not like the at that one yeah (laughs) and i think you can see it from like that opening promo being a big old nostalgia jerk off fest but also Mm -hmm talking about how all the new people in the back are inspired by us old people and how they're they're going to give it their all here tonight, just like we did back in our day. And then Brian beats Triple H. And then in this match, the Shield beat up the Attitude Era old-timers in Absolutely. basically no trouble at all. With just very little, yeah. So I do think that this WrestleMania 30, they went into it with this idea of like, out with the old, in with the new. No, they would not stick with stick that. No, with that and and forward. also I have things to say about that in a little bit, but we'll get there. Um, there's there's one match I think doesn't fit theme. Yeah, yes, that idea. Yes, you and, um, you and I but, are three on that. I think, but um, I do feel that theme throughout the show, and this that's and this that's where I didn't reckon I didn't realize that, but that's that is good. Mm-hmm. That's a good catch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah we go backstage uh jim duggan and sergeant slaughter are playing with wwf toys yes uh they're specifically they're fucking like slam city action figures and play sets 
So they're playing. Ricky Steamboat shows up in his like karate gear. Danny Davis. Like, Danny Davis awards the win to Jim Duggan. Sergeant Slaughter. Oh shit! That was Danny Davis. Him. That was so Dan. He's like, "You're a crooked referee. You got me again." And then Ricky Steamboat shows up and he's like, "I'll challenge you next." And then yeah. this dude in a suit comes, takes the whole toy set, and he's like, "This suit, this." Set has been bought by someone else, and in walks Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase, ah, <laughs> uh, yes, dropping his millions on the tiny little Slam City playset. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then at the end of it, Ron Simmons comes in. He looks at all this, and he's just like, "Damn!" Dang. That's his, yeah. that's his that's his like last career bit for Ron Simmons. Is he kind of got over damn. as a meme of being of just come walking, seeing these ridiculous situations, looking at him. And just being like, damn. And then, yeah, me off. too, Ron. <laughs> me fucking too. Yeah, they're here to hawk Slam City merchandise. All right. Well, man. Andre the it's, Giant Memorial it's, Battle Royal. It's almost cruel how much they're building up Big Show for this, only to not have him win. It's kind of. Well, well. he comes out in the Andre singlet. Look at yeah, the Look fucking... at Big Show paying tribute to his dead father. His dead Christian daddy. Cage being like, oh, 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 uh, oh, oh my. Oh, oh, oh. I love that they're just leaning into the sidebar, unrelated. I love that they're just leaning into that right now. Like the internet saw that and was like, oh, ha ha. Christian loves dead dads. And then the fucking uh, all out media scrum, the first thing Christian does when he sits down is he goes, so how's everybody's father's doing? <laughs> it's like a threat i know like they're just leaning in like yes christian is attracted to 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 people whose fucking dads he's are attracted dead. to widows and he's going to he is a widow he's, hunter he's a widow and hunter he, and he's gonna murder their their sons um anyway andre coming out in the andre big show coming out in the andre yeah with the only people who get entrances are Big Show and Sheamus. Everyone and else is Sheamus just already in the ring. Some reason, yeah, we have we have like Andre or fucking Big Show who's like set up to be the winner of this, and then Sheamus's entrance too for reasons. Okay. Anyway, um, chaos, pure chaos. There's thirty fucking people in here. Yeah. I all right. Wrote, I did. I, I did I try to take notes of the eliminations. I did try to take note. I did. T- I, t- I got. I've all got all the eliminations. Um. Okay. First, uh, Yoshitatsu immediately Yoshi Tatsu. first. And commentary is like, well, man, didn't expect to see him in this match anyway. Bye-bye. Got men- Yoshi got mentioned at WrestleMania. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, yeah, they fucking, they just bury the shit out of this poor Total guy. Total jobber jabroni, Yoshitatsu. Uh, but I will always respect Yoshitatsu because in WWE 12, in universe mode, Yoshitatsu won the fucking Royal Rumble once in my universe mode. I Based. was pushing him to the moon. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You got to use those power cards, baby. Did he have um, any character besides being Japanese? Absolutely not. No, of course. He's a Japanese man in the WWE. Of course he doesn't have a character outside of that. Um, anyway, uh, I noted Kofi and uh, Kofi Kingston and Cody Rhodes doing a dual skin the cat spot. I don't think I've ever explained Yes, I also is. had that. Kofi, but, like, like, they're right next to each other. Kofi, like, Reaches his leg across and like kicks Cody in the chest, yeah. but they just kind of both so, manage to survive. I don't know why they call it, but is when they you're like hanging from the rope on your arms and like barely not touching the ground and trying to not touch the ground. 
Yeah. Like, and you always kind of, like, dangle your feet, like, so they're just, yeah. Dangle, yeah cause, cause, like, again, flip you, your you, you don't or let... dangle your feet up. Like, you got to yeah. get out of that. And then uh, Brad uh, Maddox gets thrown out, and the announcer's like, LOL. He he put himself in this okay. Yeah, Brad Maddox is here, the because he's, what, the general manager of Raw at this point? He is. He is. Uh, so, so I heard fucking, I think JBL goes, is Vicky in there, too? I would love to <laughs> And um, then I wrote uh, Great yeah. Kali. I wrote Great Kali, hater of Fox News correspondence. Based? Yeah, because he Brodus threw out Brodus Clay. Gone. And then, and it was funny too, because like on commentary, there are like three men <clears throat> to watch out for who it will be incredibly hard to limit to eliminate. Mark Henry, the Great Kali, and of course the Big Show. And then, and then 3MB throw out later. Great Kali after this happens. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, 15 fucking seconds later. Uh, Zack Ryder's gone then to then some the other The crowd barely catches... The, ca- the camera barely catches this. Um, yeah. But then Jerry Lawler with his goddamn one-liner of the night where he's like, eh, I heard 3MB has been touring China with a walk band. <laughs> fucking Lawler. Lawler! Get it? Because it's rock it's band. It's rock band, but they, they use walks in Japan or China. Ah. God damn it. And then, uh, okay, this it. was also funny in a shitty way. So JBL is like, this will be a career-defining moment for one of these superstars. And then Darren Young gets eliminated. And he's like, not for him. I, <laughs> that's actually good. I think he was the some other motherfucker I I, I yeah. wrote about. And I didn't then Mark Henry name. single-handedly tosses the entirety of 3MB out. Yes. Although I want to I wanna point out, in between uh, the... I already forgot the fucking name of the guy. The... Uh, uh, which... the some, some motherfucker. Darren the, the elimination Young? Right. Darren Young. Between the Darren Young and the 3MB elimination, um, we see Rey Mysterio, like, laying on the apron, just clutching his arms and his legs around that's, the that's, bottom that's rope. Winning, just, that's winning strats right yeah, there. Just, just trying to hide there. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah, Mark Henry yeets the entirety of 3MB. And then Big the Show throws band. out Mark Henry. So yeah, Mark Henry's the guy, gone too. The, the guys to watch out for, two of the three are already gone. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. And it didn't even last. Like, it was done. Uh, yeah. Titus O'Neil is then out pretty quickly too. Yeah, um, and then uh, I wrote Thin we Out We a great spot from so Santino! Can, I wrote Thin Out This Ring so we can do some spots. And then right Absolutely. after that, Santina, Santino, uh, no, not Santina, that's Santino's fake sister. Santino. Uh, <laughs> uh, tries to hit the cobra on the Miz, but yeah, Miz is like Xavier no, Woods. No. Uh, well, Woods Xavier Woods, yeah. Uh, try he he basically stops this from happening. Tries to eliminate the Miz himself. Um, Doesn't but then uh, again, cobra and then Santino hits the cobra and knocks the Miz out of the match. That yes, the Cobra got a battle royale elimination. And then maybe you love this. Immediately, Alberto Del Rio throws in. No, boo! Um, All right, uh, the Rhodes uh, brothers ch- work together to throw out Damian Sandow. Yeah, fucking Cody crabs Damian. You know, rip, uh, rip Bozo throws him toward the ropes, and Goldust pulls the uh, uh, pulls the the fucking rope down. Sandow goes over the top by Felicia. Um, yeah, and I wrote, um, e... 
this is this is I want I want you I want you to know the exact sequence of notes I did here is so I wrote huh. Justin Gabriel is remarkably still here. Next note, yeah. Biggie <laughs> said now he's not. <laughs> now he's not Justin Gabriel and yeah, if you um, reminded that's the Darewolf. That's old Darewolf. Yeah, it's okay. I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. Um, all right, I knew that was familiar. And then David Otunga's gone too. We don't like lawyers around here. Fuck them. Um, yeah, Biggie, and then Curtis Ray, Axel, and Cara oh, and yeah, Ray Mysterio are gone. fighting on the apron. They're they're going at it. This is Ray's out here being like, "This is what you get for trying to take my place as the token luchador around here." Hey, and then Fandango throws out Biggie. That's sort of a big hit where he gets yeah. on the. He just starts Fondango, dancing. Da, da, yeah, Fondango pop da, da, dances too close to the sun. Um, Sheamus sees this and just... On him. It hits him like fucking 20 times. And then... Boom, and then just lets gone. his broken body fall. <laughs> Absolutely brutalizing him. That was incredible. And then uh, Big Show Gorilla Press slams all Ruth out of the match. No, I wrote, I wrote oh Tyson Kidd. I wrote Tyson Kidd still here. Tyson Kidd is still here. Uh, I want to. I want to point out Big Michael Cole goes to eliminate. Good. Yeah, yeah. Big Show goes to eliminate Rey Mysterio, and Michael Cole on commentary starts yelling, "Eat him, Big Show! Eat him!" What? Okay. I was what? I was watching with Robbie, and 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 uh, and Robbie. So Robbie goes, um. Who knew they were so into? I say vor. He says cannibalism. Uh, hey. Our minds went to two <laughs> similar but very different places. I, I'm gonna um, break the tie and say I also thought vor first. Yes, <laughs> I can see it. That awoke somebody's kink. Anyway, yeah. Uh, speaking the of Tyson Kidd, poorly disguised fetish. Disguised fetish. True. Happens a lot anyway, on, on, on this show. Come to think. Yeah. Del, Del Rio kicks Tyson Kidd off the top rope. Because Tyson Kidd was an yep. idiot who went to the top rope in a battle royal. Yeah, well, um, why? Fucking, fucking Robbie pointed that out too. He's like, why the hell would you go to the top rope in a match like this? That's a good question. Uh, it's because uh, most wrestlers yeah. are dumb. Uh, Cesaro True. goes at Cesaro goes at Goldust and Cody sees him, but then Gil, Del Rio gets and eliminates Goldust. And then, Ooh. speaking of dumbasses, Cody Rhodes goes to the top rope to do a move at Alberto Del Rio, and Alberto Del Rio kicks him off the top. Oh, so, the final um, seven. This, in this sequence match, was sick, though. Uh, yeah, okay, so this the final seven sick, in this though. match. I want to bring. I want to just give a status. Please, update, please, 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 please. Is Dolph Ziggler, Alberto Del Rio, Rey Mysterio, oh, yeah. Kofi Kingston, uh -huh. Cesaro, Sheamus, and The Big Show are the final seven. Well, uh, so 619 to Alberto Del Rio. Uh, uh, he tries to do it again to Cesaro. Cesaro intercepts it. So Ray just tries to do like a springboard move, and Cesaro just uppercuts the shit out of him and knocks Ray Mysterio out of the match. Oh my god, that was brutal. Yeah, that, Dolph, that hurt to see. Dolph tries to go at Cesaro and just gets uppercutted to hell. Uh, just, Cesaro just goes to hell and dies. Die, and then Cesaro tosses Kofi Kingston over the ring post, 
and Kofi Kingston catches his feet on the ring steps and therefore Dude. is not eliminated. Okay, of all the Kofi, like, not eliminations I've seen from the Royal Rumble, I don't think anything has blown my mind as much as this has from the fucking Andre Battle Memorial Royal. Because fucking, like, Cesaro, the way this is, so, Kofi, so Cesaro's in the corner. Kofi launches himself to Cesaro. Cesaro catches him, throws Kofi fucking behind him, and Kofi's mm -hmm. able to land so that his feet are touching the steps into the ring and thus not touching the ground. That is insane that they were to pull, able to pull that off. Cesaro, basically without looking. That's, I, I don't understand how they did that. That was yeah. fucking nuts. And then Kofi does. Kofi gets back in the ring. He starts doing all his spots. He starts. Go, he goes for the trouble in paradise. And Cesaro says, "Eh, eh." Well, he hits, well, he hits it on Big Show. He says he hits it on Big Show, which staggers he him. He does. And then he tries Cesaro, ultimate denier of finishers in this match, says, "No, thank you." Um, so he does and the big swing on Kofi swing. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Show, I, then Big Show hits a choke slam on Cesaro to keep him out of the match for a hot second. Uh, Del Rio throws out Kofi Kingston. Dolph Ziggler goes at Del Rio, takes his shirt off, and then is thrown out by Del Rio. Yes. That is, that is. So final four: Sheamus, Alberto Del Rio, Cesaro, and the Big Show. Yeah, um, I don't. I, I don't think you also mentioned Sheamus bro kicks like Kofi to eliminate him. Um. Oh, does? Oh, okay. I didn't think. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, Sheamus bro kicks Kofi to eliminate him. Uh, but then yes, so Del Rio tries to go after Sheamus and put him in a submission. In the, he puts him in the crossfit in the arm breaker. And commentary's like, what the fuck is he Why? Doing? How why? does that help you? Well, exactly. I'll tell you why. So Sheamus can show that he's a strong boy. Picks yeah, him Sheamus up. lifts like the way, him up. Because the way, the way Del Rio is, he's like wrapped in a ball kind of around Sheamus's arm, essentially. So Sheamus mm -hmm. kind of grabs him, picks him up, and dumps his ass over. But Except the in doing that, Sheamus also falls out of the ring. Yes. So the only other guy who got an entrance is gone before the final two. Womp womp. It's time for Cesaro versus the big show. Yes. And they do some they grew some cool, they do some back and forth. Cesaro trying to take the big man down, but the big the show big just keeps fighting him off. Cesaro lifts up Cesaro. Big show lifts up Cesaro. Cesaro gets away. And then bounce off the ropes. Cesaro picks up the big show in the body slam, what doing it Andre, Dogan to Andre style. And he just carries big show over to the ropes and body slams him out of the ring. Yeah, that was, it makes no, it's like, okay, we're pushing him because he's breaking up with Jack Swagger and he's going to hang out with Heyman, but also he's going to do nothing when he's in, when he's with Heyman. After we've like this pushed such, Big Show to the moon as like the heir apparent to this fucking, it's it's such I'm weird booking. With, I'm but, fine with that because Big Show's old. What here's the part that confuses me about all this is that okay, Cesaro is getting babyface pops. He's getting babyface pops in that way of like I do cool moves so people like me. Yeah. Okay. Big swing the swing is really mega over. They're breaking away from. Real American from uh from from the real Americans. Okay, still wearing the fucking libertarian flag big, colors though. He gets this big spot in this match, and I I will point out that all of his biggest moves were to baby faces: Ray, uh, Ziggler, Kofi, Big Show. Except people love them. 
because they were awesome because they're again cool fucking moves yeah he's he's um, a fucking freak so anything he does they even great. they're called this body slam bit they're calling back the hogan slamming andre yep in the way they did that so plan it's all there which is why i must mm-hmm. ask why on the next night on raw does he fire zeb, zeb Coulter to go sign up with paul Heyman? why did they not lean in to babyface cesaro well obviously austin because five different crowds didn't hijack the show to show how much he they will never be this over as a singles guy again and yeah. they are blowing it yeah austin because we didn't have endless fucking cesaro chance to completely like take over episodes of raw so clearly the people must not want it that bad come on now i'm I'm just very unhappy and very confused about the thought process. Yeah, well, WWE not recognizing when they do or don't have a good thing going for them is kind of a running theme of like the entire modern era. So I don't know and, why you're surprised. You know, I this am is going, completely you know, on brand. And if anyone wants to say, well, have you considered that Cesaro doesn't have didn't isn't great at promos? He 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 struggled with it in WWE. And to which I will say, I'll call this the Zack Ryder principle of 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 um of uh booking, where instead of focusing on like what the limitations are and how far you can take that, why do you not just strike while the iron's hot and just take what you get? Like in that, but in that way, I mean, of like a, a lot of justifications for why you, they didn't push Zack Ryder more is the is that he he would run out of steam that he wasn't go he can't you can't make a main event star out of him because he doesn't have the all the tools or at least 2011 I, Zach didn't. I, my argument is do it, just go with it, and if he and if he falls off, he falls off. But you yeah. didn't do anything with him, and you didn't get anything out of it. Yeah, the it's one time right. they did that shit was with Roman Reigns. And even and even fucking then, it was so clearly manufactured to hell and back that they just refused to listen when the audience stopped being receptive to it. So like, right, like they don't, they can't find the fucking middle ground. Right. If even like even if Cesaro didn't quite have the promo skills to be a top top guy, he was super over. Run with it. See how far you can Upper take it. Upper mid-card babyface run. Like, See how this far is not you can hard. take it before before you just be like, well, we can't take it all the way, so who fucking cares? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, it's so, it's so, this is like the booking principle of this. WWE has a really bad habit of like, you're either few potential inventor or you're basically nothing. Like, like. Yeah. In terms of like how willing they are to like take do chances stuff on guys, a hundred right. Like if if they don't see actual main event potential, they're a, they're more just like well, just let them flounder around in the mid card. Who cares? Yeah, but like and it's like no thing. You see, here, here's there's the more tears than two. You know who the fuck else isn't a great promo? The goddamn Undertaker. Fight me. You know, he, you know, and he's yet terrible. He got he got by on gimmick. He got by on gimmick and not having to say all that much. Like, Mm -hmm. fucking, there are ways around this. The guy who's not great on promos is about to have, like, one of the most momentous matches in all of your company's history tonight. Like, 
fuck, just take a chance, whatever, okay. But yes, and, so. and And then they even botched that part, because even if you are committed to him being a baby fae, you're committed to him being a heel, Heyman, there's there's few better at at building a heel character than, than and manager Paul, Paul Heyman. Fucking except, Heyman. Except they use him as an excuse to keep Paul Heyman on TV to get heat for Brock Lesnar based on what's going to happen in the later tonight. Oh my God. He doesn't talk oh about God. Cesaro. He talks about Lesnar. <sighs> it's so stupid. Anyway, Cesaro, whatever. It's the po- he gets this trophy. It's basically a trophy. Like, good for him. This is, they're going to quickly not give a shit about this match anymore. This is the one time they unequivocally gave a shit. Good for him. Yeah. Getting the dub on it. Um, they shout out the French announce team. That was cute. And then also, this, I can't help but my legacy. Commentary hasn't taken a, taken a, a simple, a single fucking sip of their rancid ass diet mountain dews. A, but then this is my legacy. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's time for Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. Oh my God. The fucking promo package, the video package we get for this. It like, it starts with Cena giving a boilerplate, like Cena promo. Like, you know, I've worked so hard to get here. I've worked hard my entire career. I'm here now to, to, to get the job done, but it's interspersed with Bray Wyatt going lies. Lie, you're a liar, which is just mm-hmm. beautiful. Absolutely spitting with these promo packages tonight. Spit. Bray Wyatt has been spitting this entire fucking feud. Yeah, so we get exotic sword dance routine. I was like, all right, I hear you. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, sh- shout out to like the local dancer they hired for this shoot. You know, yeah, that was and then we're here. Oof. But then we get code, or- code Orange is here to do a live performance of Bray's theme. Yeah, that was sick as fuck. Uh, like, the, the the band are in, like, plague masks. Um, yeah, really cool. Bray, I also Bray's wrote, this should have been drip. my... And then I wrote, this should have been my first sign how this match would go. That Bray Wyatt got a live performance of his theme. There oh, is no oh, greater me. curse in wrestling than a live band played my song. Well, tonight it's it's the curse of just like extravagant entrances in general. Um That's true. every time uh he who gets the biggest entrance falls the hardest. Even fucking Big Show getting an entrance at all for the Andre Battle Memorial is a t- is like a death knell for him in that match. Mm-hmm. Um but it was sick as fuck. Um I noted, Wyatt, I, noted that, I noted that like with the lighting and because they had cameras on the band, this is the yeah. first time I've ever noticed this is that Rowan drags the rocking chair to the ring. Oh, really? I like, didn't normally, even like, normally it's too dark to see that, but yeah. like, with the orangey lighting they put in the on the stage and because they have the band kind of centered in the camera a little bit, you get a better look at Rowan and you can see Rowan dragging the rocking chair. Oh my God, that's so fucking awesome. Um, uh, so, so all this like incredible atmosphere, they make their approach, uh, you know, New Orleans were here, Bray's got some incredible fucking drip on, uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, the, 
atmosphere gone. Here comes fucking Cena. We do get kind of a great moment of him, like, legitimately hesitating at the top of the ramp. Like, he's emphasizing that he is scared of Bray Wyatt. He emphasized mm-hmm. that in the video package. He's emphasizing that here. Um, and he, but he swallows his fear and he does the saloon. He runs toward the ring. Um, great little exchange on commentary of Michael Cole refers to Bray Wyatt as a false prophet. And JBL kind of questions this again. Like, it's kind of like, you know, heel contrarianism, but it ultimately ends up working. He's like, why do you say that? If he beats John Cena tonight, he is the prophet that he says he is, um, which is a great fucking mm-hmm. line. Um, yeah. Okay. So as we get into this match, I, I kind of want to give my overarching thought um, as I did for the last match. So I, okay. We've talked about, I remember we talked about the basics of this match, like, early on in the podcast life, and I was like, I don't know I've how generally, I, I don't know I've, I've, I've talked before about how this arc of this care of this Cena, Wyatt arc, and how it goes before. Yes. Okay, so, I, everything that this feud has been going for up until now has been pretty fucking solid. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's. Wyatt trying to, like, you know, expose Cena as, like, a phony, a charlatan. He is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some great hero to the masses, but really, he's, like, he's nothing. But, um, deep, da- but deep down, he is a monster. This okay. Is one, we're one more daying ourselves here. Yeah, we're one more, except, except, like, everything up until the monster thing is great. The monster mm-hmm. thing is where this shit falls apart for me a little bit. Because, like, I get what he's going for in that. Like, he, like, seen as just as much a monster as everyone else. He's not a superhero. But the way in which Bray tries to finally prove that in this match has had, like, no buildup up until now. Uh, like, we don't ever really see John Cena's, like, darker side coming out on the road to get here. And... So it makes this point that Wyatt tries to prove off the bat where he kneels in front of Cena and says, like, strike me down, John. Show show me the monster you really are. I get what they're going for. And if they was doing an angle of, like, John Cena's a coward deep down, I would be super into this. John Cena is a coward. He's scared of Bray Wyatt. He talks all this good shit when, can, when someone can really get into his head and play on his insecurities that maybe this, like, image he's built up for himself is meaningless. Uh, it, it has it has no base in reality. Um, I think that is effective. But this whole show me you're a monster angle, that it, like, it everything up to it is so great, and then it just misses the landing, in, in my opinion, on that, like, final thematic note. Do you, do you, feel that too what 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 is your kind of thought on i i agree it misses the landing but for a different reason than you than you argue like you seem to have an issue with it from a conceptual level of which i do not i love this the the way this no on a conceptual level i like it too i like let, let me let me be clear if they were going if they want to go for seen as a monster deep down that's great I need to see that built up to. I need to see us building toward monster. 
the way I saw it, it wasn't building up towards to, to Cena the monster. It was building to Cena the coward. I think they were using can, the wrong word here. I can see that. Um, my problem with this buildup is the way this match plays out. Uh, well, the, yes. Otherwise, I have no notes um, about okay. that. That's because I, I really like fair. It, so I no, I don't. I, I want to be clear. I don't ultimately dislike it. I like what's happening here. I just like okay. Because here's the thing: the Fed does not have the balls to tell this story in the way that it should be told. Um, where Cena faces any kind of actual defeat. At, like okay, sure, he got beaten up by the Wyatts last week and had the sheet mask put on his face cool other than that there has not been all that much reason like like it it just it it doesn't feel like what they were the concepts they were going for were explored enough um and i don't think they had the balls to do that with the cena character he was too protected um um but again i could be fine with accepting this for what it is if they were playing on scene of the coward instead of scene of the monster because if you're playing on Cena the Coward, then this is a lot easier to do. If you're playing on Cena the Monster, a lot more needed to go into it, I I think, for, for everything to kind of, like, come together. The, I, this is, I think, the sum of the parts are greater than the whole here. I see where you're at with that. Um... So, see, they do... Bray Wyatt starts the match, offers himself to Cena. And he's like... Be the monster you are, John. Finish me. Like he's he's presenting. He wants Cena. They 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 play a lot on commentary. The idea that Bray Wyatt doesn't really care about winning necessarily. It's not really his yes. end goal. Mm-hmm. Like he want he wants to win, but you know there that's not that's not the real end goal to the. He has a higher team. ideological purpose for being here. right, and so after Cena it d- d- debates it debates what he's going to do. Bray Wyatt does get back up and they start having a regular match. Yeah. You know, they Cena gets Bray. They start doing some basic chain wrestling at each other. This one I noted, uh, let's well, go Cena. I will say Wyatt. early on, like Cena spends a lot of this match getting like tossed around by Bray. A little bit. He also, he also is kind of aggressive in his strikes in the earliest part of this match. He gets, he started Bray, he Bray is or Cena is. Cool. Cena is like those. First I see. Openings. I didn't notice that. I didn't. I didn't notice that until like like I noticed him kind of doing that like at the very beginning. But again, I saw like him yeah, very. It's like very beginning and then mid yeah. later in the match when they get to that. But yeah, I know. Um, but there, there's a great Cena, moment from Bray where like while yeah. he's beating up on John and you can tell John is still kind of hesitating. Bray kind of has a, John in a hold and he yells to the crowd, "He don't even want to fight me." Which is that again? Great moment. Um, um, yeah, like, I, I'm here for the scene of the coward angle. So that that was that was great. Mm-hmm. Bray, I I liked um, uh, Bray. Cena had Wyatt being beaten down in the corner, and the ref has to like pull Cena off of him, and Wyatt's just laughing. Yeah, he, he's like, "This is what I want." Another uh, another uh, great line from Bray. This is this is your hero. This is the one you call hero. Yeah, uh, I loved. I loved. Uh, Bray Wyatt was punching Cena down. And he's like, "I know you, John." Bam, 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 bam. Yes, I thought that was funny. That, see, um, see that that thing that that's one of the things I can really appreciate is the "I know you, John." Because I was thinking of like, why is this getting to Cena 
Because, like, in some ways, this is no different than any other, like, shit-talking that he's received from, like, past feud. Like, this is just, like, ah, you're not really the guy. You think you're the guy. You're not the guy. It's the problem with WWE trying to lean more in meta-narratives with John Cena. It's something they got really, really into in the latter part of his career. So, like, a lot of these heels feel like they're just repeating themselves. But, Um, But the thing is with Bray, like, it's kind of a similar thing with Punk three years earlier of, like, Bray seems like one of the only guys who's able to, like, actually get into Cena's head. Like, Bray's one of the guys who's capable of actually making it personal. I think, like, I think what can be said, again, I don't know how intentional this is, and I don't know how intentional, like, any subtle beats are by the WWE writer's room. But it feels to me, like, kind of like if you look at Summer of Punk and you look at this feud with Bray Wyatt is, um, they're able to kind of, like, take it personal and, like, basically make Cena feel as though someone has slipped past his guard. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you could see it as Cena um, has, you know, he's he's always kind of, like, defended, defensive, um, kind of got his, you know, his public persona up to shield him. But then, like, Bray, like Punk, is able to kind of slip under it a little bit. So the I know you, John, thing, I think kind of works yeah. from that. From that and I think, I think that, I think that, it's it's too easy to compare this angle to the the with two years earlier because it's this because it's such a similar premise. It's the same. And it's the same. Angle. It's the same basic thought process, but Bray Wyatt's is executed significantly better. Uh, yeah. Embrace, embrace the hate is kind of dumb even even when you say it out loud. Uh, Kane beats up John Cena's friend as a way to make John Cena start being an asshole. Like, okay. Not, sure. Then really t- John Cena treats that as, as you know, ideologically challenging as you think it is, as you think it is. <laughs> like, no. he, he does not, he doesn't, he doesn't get, he's barely phased. Like he has the righteous anger element of it, but beyond that, yeah, you sure. know, he's not really phased by anything here. Yeah, it's like, oh no, my friend got beaten up. That thing that happens regularly because I'm friends with people on this roster who lose matches. Oh no. They they almost they almost tiptoed to something interesting with Cena where he made out with his best friend's girlfriend, but he played that off as her being a hoe. <laughs> so Oh yeah, that whole wrong. shit. Okay, yeah. But uh anyway, back to this match. You know, Bray Cena does a good job in this match of selling him kind of being emotionally off with everything kind of happening here. Yes. That, you know, that, that is, has he's, gotten he's seen that pretty well. Yes. Um, uh, and he, cause he does kind of start to get big mad and like really go after Bray. Yeah. So uh, Bray White does some wear down holds headlock city, baby. And then oh, yeah. John Cena gets up and it's five moves of doom time. It's yeah, well, shoulder so tackle. Sweet. Shoulder he, well, tackle. He, he starts. He starts Scoop by hitting uh, Bray with like a clothesline. Is his first like kind of big comeback. He like kind of mm-hmm. aggressively clotheslines Bray, and then and then yes, he goes into five move time. Except angry. <laughs> he then he goes for the five knuckle shuffle, but then Bray does the spooky exorcism thing, does the spider walk, and he's like, "What the fuck?" I so, something else I want to point out is um, earlier on the. Family tried to interfere and Bray told them not to, which I thought was really interesting. But then as the match goes on, that just kind of gets like thrown out. 
Mm-hmm. I don't. Brace still know wants to win. He he will he will he will. Upon further consideration, he will in fact take all means of victory. Yeah. So that so that 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 was another kind of like small fumble for me. But like you know, sure, mm-hmm. we still got to get the family involved. Bray hits um, the Ur- Bray hits a Uranagi to take control of the match, and this is where things get real interesting with the crowd. Is yes. Suddenly, the crowd starts singing. He's got the whole world in his hands, which has been Bray Wyatt's thing for a while now. And Bray Wyatt starts conducting the crowd into doing it. And the crowd gets really big into hand waving their arms. Oh my God. Yeah, no, they, they kind of like, again, you can't pay for this type of like crowd interaction. Mm -hmm. This was incredible. Michael Cole Um, calls it a shepherd leading his flock. Yep. Uh, Yeah, no, you, they was, it was great. Like crowd participation leaning into like the story that's being told that was awesome mm-hmm. uh john cena for some reason goes to the top rope uh bray wyatt power bombs the shit out of him so don't do that again pal no but um bray gets get, bray gets him to like the corner splashes mm-hmm. him in the corner um and then but fucking cena goes back to the top rope like gets bray or so Bray like then gets Cena up to the top rope, tries to climb up, but Cena fucking uh counters this and top rope DDTs Bray, which is not mm-hmm. something I see terribly often, but that was sick as fuck. Yeah. So after that powerbomb counter, though, Cole calls out that Cena is being tentative right now. He's kind of playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Mm. Uh, and I was like, that's interesting read there uh cena hits his scoop slam though he gets back up he does the five knuckle shuffle and then he goes for the aa and bray's like nope and drops him on his knee uh bray wyatt uh drops cena with a dt on the apron though he's got the whole world in his hands the crowd are the fans have come to church Ladies and gentlemen, they are, they have all joined. We have all joined the swamp cold on this blessed day. They are here for the sermon of Bray Wyatt. Uh, Bray, uh, Cena, Bray Wyatt gets Cena up on the top rope. Cena headbutts Bray off and he considers diving onto Bray and he decides instead to turn around and dive off the top onto Harper and Rowan. Sure. Sure. Um, Bray comes to the outside to, to, you know, get up John. Uh, Bray starts yelling, I know what to do. I figured it out, ref. I, I honestly couldn't tell, like, oh, well, so, so what he does the ref told is, him to get Cena back in the ring. Um, oh, oh, that was in response to that. Well, Bray Wyatt says, fuck that. He goes and grabs the, 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 the steps to the ring, pulls them apart and tries to fucking sandwich John between them. Um, but then, then Cena wakes up. Cena fights and, it off, uh, but then... He look he 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 picks up those steps, and he's like ah he thinks about it. He's thinking about using the steps, and just uh, killing Bray right uh, now. And then he do, he doesn't fuck it. But then he he puts he throws Bray in the ring instead. Cena hits the ropes crossbody by Bray Wyatt. Bray cradles Cena's head, and he's he this time he says I got the whole world in my in he's got the whole world in his hands. Cena rolls away from the senton. Attitude yes. adjustment to Bray Wyatt. Kick out he at two. Out. 
I have to say, this, like, the slow, deliberate pace of this match actually works really well with Cena's kind of limited moveset. Um, it does. Uh, the, the psychology here, you know, I have my quibbles with, but, like, the pace itself, like, it's slow, but it doesn't it doesn't feel sluggish to me. Like, there is yeah. something going on here. And also, knowing who John Cena is as a worker, I'm like, yeah, this actually fits really well. Yeah, so I, I take note of there's an if Cena wins, we Wyatt sign. Yeah, I took note of that too. Fucking bet. Do it. So, uh, Harper stands over Cena as Cena's laying on the outside. Cena gets up and spears Luke Harper through the barricade. Bray gets pissed at he does this. not think that well no he run he like attacks john and he runs over and asks if, if harper's all right he's like get up yeah Bray. i don't know why like we have so many problems with you know bray wyatt like like he's just a wholesome family man who wants he's who's just, checking on his family yeah he's, he wants he his family wants, to be okay he just wants more people to be in his family what's family. so wrong about that absolutely i see nothing wrong with this He's yeah. the real face here. True. Bray Wyatt goes for the sister Abigail. Cena gets out of it and gets the STF. Bray gets his hand on the rope. But then out of nowhere, sister Abigail for a two. Yes. First person to kick out of the sister Abigail. Which is, that's pretty sick. Uh, Bray um, and Bray like go collapses in the corner stunned at the kick out. He, he doesn't know what, what to do with this. And so Bray goes over. And he tears the cover off the Spanish announce table in anger. Shot. Take a shot. Um, then he goes to the timekeeper and gets a steel chair and brings. I have to say, the timekeepers are doing a really good job, like selling Bray Wyatt too. Like, you know, it's not uncommon that the timekeepers need to like move out of the way, but like they they did a good job all looking like actively creeped out by Bray Wyatt in a way they don't look like when other people come over to like fuck with mm -hmm. their area. That was that so was Bray, nice. yeah. So Bray Wyatt gets a steel chair. Rhett, he gets into the ring. The ref is like, hey, like, hey don't hey, use hey, what that. What are you? What the fuck is this? Rowan distracts the ref. And while that happens, Bray Wyatt drops the chair and kicks it over to Cena. Bray Wyatt gets on his knees and begs Cena to finish this. And the fucking ref is yelling. The ref at is Cena. like, it's not no, who you are. No, you don't want to do who this, you are, John. John. Shut the fuck up, ref. I did. Okay, let, let him cook. Hold on. Let him cook. Uh, so John Cena, he thinks about it. He really considers it. And then he just swings the at Eric Rowan on the apron. Bray tries for a roll-up. Two count. Bray goes for the sister Abigail. Sister Abigail. Cena hits the attitude adjustment. Cena wins. One, two, three. Like I said, they don't have the balls to tell the story that really could have been told with this angle, but like, you know, sure. Taking it at face value, it's the superhero still has to prove the demon wrong, even though I think the demon kind of has a point. Um, um, this, oh, it was this a fun match, though. Not, this isn't the death of Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt will have so many more fumbles before that character is... <laughs> but... This this one I can't lay at his feet though. This is WWE creative. Oh no, I I am talking John. solely fumbles of WWE booking fumbles of Bray Wyatt. Okay. Oh yeah this yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Hundred is the first big chink in the armor on this. Yeah. One. Because Bray needed this. 
I think, more than WWE thought he did. And he didn't even need to win. If Cena swings that chair at Bray Wyatt, Bray wins in a way that just pinning John is not, is doesn't even compare. Yes. Again, they needed to tell a more fleshed out story with this. They needed mm-hmm. to actually have Cena struggle with his darkness and then like, okay, I get And he'll he'll having... overcome in the end. That's fine. I, yeah. That's okay, yeah, like but... you, we're not going to turn John Cena heel. It's not going to happen. But um, on the big, biggest stage of them all, biggest story that Bray had ever had. He basically fails at any stated character goal. Yes. Because correct. this will he Cena, he tempts Cena and Cena says no. And Cena's then we just will do a pretty like oh Cena gets a little angry during the match. Oh look, Bray has and that's a point. It. Oh. And then Fuck off. after this at Extreme Rules, they'll have a cage match where Cena loses because he gets creeped out by a children's choir. And then they will have a match at payback where John Cena wins. He literally, sure. it's the last man standing match and he buries Bray Wyatt under an announce table. And that's it. Okay, sure. And uh. Bray Wyatt will never truly be the same after this. He's, he's not dead DOA yet. I think The Undertaker continuing to beat him senseless will be a lot worse for Bray Wyatt's <laughs> general mystique. Oh, true. But Fucking this was true. the first time that they did not have any care to protect Bray Wyatt. And mm-hmm. especially in a match where he needed it more than ever. Mm-hmm. On uh, a night of the fun. new guard beating the old guard, one new guard ain't shit. Ain't shit. Not when he's up against John Cena, brother. That guard will never die, John, dude. John you Cena, see you know, celebrates his win, hugs his family. He has done it. Wouldn't sure, he? sure. Anyway, Look, we get the Hall of Fame ceremony recap. Yeah. I forgot that. I, I can't remember if he'd already been announced, but this is like the Hall of Fame year when Scott Hall was inducted, which is yes, sick as yes, fuck. Yeah. Razor Ramon, he's got these his iconic line now of you know yes uh, hard hard work uh uh what's it hard work. hard work pays off pays off dreams, dreams come, come true, true. Bad, bad times, times don't, don't last, last but, but bad, bad guys, guys do. do yeah because he's the bad guy get it yeah. yeah um he was awesome that that's yeah. such a good so line. and then they do the bit they do every year at Mania where Howard Finkel announces the Hall of Fame class and they all come out on the stage and wave and say hi. And you always have your one extra special person this year was the Hulk, the Ultimate Warrior, K. Yep. Um, so uh, da- after this, though, Daniel Bryan being checked backstage by the trainers. Yes. Um, uh, and he then, got that uh, arm work. And then... Little, this- little New Orleans tourism plug uh, from Michael Cole. Hey, yeah, it's that's another. And then we get the Taker Lesnar video. It's streak um, time. Jerry Lawler starts stripping. <laughs> Oof. Uh, so, yeah, they do this whole opening part of like, ah, uh, the history of the streak. No. I have, say, man... I have to say, I have to say, uh, we get a little flash of like, you know, we, we get flashes of Taker throughout his career. I've really noticed here the, the OG Taker makeup is like fucking so goofy because like 
Mark Calloway at the very beginning of being the Undertaker, he was such a baby. He had such a fucking baby face, and they had like all the makeup strategically placed to try to make it look like he had any kind of age on his face. No, no, this dude in his early twenties is totally an ancient zombie mortician wizard, guys. We fucking promise. Um, like, could any man st- conquer this streak? And then, uh, brought, and then Paul Heyman cuts in and is like, well, obviously the answer is no. Dude, that's smash. What? Also, oh, wait, 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 wait. Smash Sorry, uh, a, 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 couple, a couple more lines from the first half of this I want to point out. Um, 21 times the very best have tempted fate. Well, you know, maybe not, it wasn't the very best every time but you know sure. you know in the mid 90s um, in the mid 90s they were not sending their best shit got to fight pretty, the uh, yeah shit got pretty iffy there um i do i do have to give a shout out though to a great line of how um all of the people who have lost of along the the history of the streak have been victims of the ultimate seduction of breaking this, that line goes pretty hard. That's a pretty fucking sick line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, then smash all this epic storytelling. Then smash cut. Can any one man? Can any man beat this monster? Smash cut to Paul Heyman. Well, no. But have you considered a heartless monster, a beast? And he just like he he hypes Brock Lesnar. It's what it is. That was um, pretty fucking funny. I I uh. I, uh, also, a great line I, from him. Uh, a great line from Heyman during this. 21 and 1. And then the smallest number becomes the biggest. That was actually a pretty fucking yeah. sick line. I, have to I, I made note of uh, one point the promo says the last right of a celebrated career. Right? The last. Sure. That's... Well, yeah. Totally. Totally the last one. Yep. Anyway, we last get to the, it's time for the Le- Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. Uh, Brock Lesnar's is something. I, something I really need to like point out about Brock Lesnar here. Uh, I his his whole thing right now is eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. I have to say that order seems like a little wonky. Like, why are we starting at dinner time? Uh, why are we Why are we starting this at dinner time? Why aren't we like including breakfast or lunch mm. for that matter? Uh, eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. So so you eat dinner. You, you you go to bed, then you wake up. He conquers in the either, morning. Either eat well, either that, or he just takes like three naps throughout the day. So oh, very very important. Uh, he he eats breakfast. He takes a little nappy, and then he conquers. He doesn't and then conquer. He eats lunch. Then he eats lunch. He takes a little nappy. Then he does some more conquering. <laughs> he eats dinner. Yep. Takes a little nappy, and then, <laughs> then he yep. goes back to goes to bed. Then he. Wakes up the next morning, and then I guess does some conquering before breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> either, whole, either way, hell of a schedule. Anyway. Oh, I, I, so, yeah. sorry. Uh, so, so, so Lesnar makes his entrance. Lesnar is the first guy to make his entrance. Um, Ro- I, I'm still watching with Robbie. Robbie fucking loves the Undertaker, so I was like, Robbie, I'm watching WrestleMania 30. It's the Undertaker match. Come watch it with me. So, and of course, he was super into it. That's, that's Robbie. That, that's that's a cruel thing to be telling somebody. I'll tell you that. Well, he he knew what was up. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. Either way. Um. Robbie. Uh. It, it's it's you know Lesnar makes his entrance. He comes down to the ring. Um. As like it's looking along the barricade, Robbie goes, "Hey, it's that guy." And I see the green shirt guy is in the uh the the you know he's in the crowd. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Green shirt guy. No, he's, he's just kind of always around. And then Robbie goes, no, 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 that guy. And I look, Oh my God. Oh yeah. The the Brock Lesnar. Yeah. The dude from the gift. This, he has this he man. Al- he that is also a guy who is always just there. The 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 fucking the 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 guy from the gif the the guy with the the, the yeah. shirt. The, yes, that guy. The no or the the, the one who, the mean? one who's like the the one whose eyes like bug out after. Oh, we we didn't talk him. about him yet. Well, okay, but this moment, Robbie pointing him out. That is the this, guy. This poor unsuspecting man, a mere 30 minutes away from becoming fucking immortalized forever. It's true. Uh, so the Undertaker, he comes out. Before he comes out, there is a coffin for every victim of the streak on the stage. Yes. They do this thing where, like, they they show a coffin, then they, like, flash clips of previous Taker streak yeah. matches. Except the, the, the clips don't line up with who the victim was. So it's like... Right, it's like Razor Ramon cuts to a clip of Shawn Michaels. Like, okay, no, um, no. But then the Undertaker comes out, and they got the Gregorian chant going. Absolutely, he, Taker walks out on the stage, and he turns back at the casket, and the casket pops open. <laughs> yeah, there's a 20 second casket with Brock's name on it. Taker looks at it and it fucking opens up and then it sets itself on fire. He's like, okay, get in. Yup. Uh, Brock, yeah, Brock Lesnar is kind of freaked out by this. He's like, oh. Well, okay. Man? The Brock, Brock Lesnar's best interpretation of freaked out, which is he's he looks ever so slightly less in the zone than he normally does. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead of being like, instead of like really mean mugging, he's just kind of mean mugging. So you know he's trying. Um, uh, yeah, the the fucking extravagant entrance curse hitting hard tonight. Oops. Um, yeah. So I will say there they, there's a great uh, as Taker's making his long ass walk to the ring. Justin Roberts announces like Taker's you know stats, his 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 height, weight, whatever. Like mid walk, like just at the right time in the song. Uh, like right as it hits one of the like like kind of one of its top notes. That's when he hits. Like fucking Justin Roberts is a goddamn goaded announcer. Oh my god, I love him. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I guess uh, along the years, Kane taught Taker a little bit of pyromancy because Taker gets up on the the ring steps and he fucking thrusts his fist down and boom, pyro goes off behind him. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess he, I guess, I guess his brother, you know, taught him a little bit about that whole controlling fire thing. That was nice. Yeah. So the bell rings and Undertaker starts throwing them ham hocks. Uh, yeah. Which uh, Michael Cole goes, Undertaker may be the greatest striker in WWE history. You sure about that, Cole? You sure about that? The un- wait, the the Undertaker? He said. Yes. Because oh my God! Ever since the Undertaker, the Undertaker did a little bit of MMA training and started wearing MMA gloves in his matches, and then suddenly they're like the greatest striker in WWE history, the oh Undertaker. He didn't even do real MMA matches; he just did some training. He did okay. some training in MMA. Um, yeah, sure. Very quickly um, into the match. Brock Lesnar does a belly-to-belly suplex that dumps Undertaker on his head, to which, I'll be honest, I spent years thinking this is where the concussion happened. Apparently not. Oh. But he dumps Undertaker on his head, and Undertaker looks up, and he's like, whoa there. 
And I was like, oh yeah, yeah that's when the concussion happens. Is it is is that is that dumps him to the outside or is that um I I made a note of when this the concussion apparently happened. Well, yeah, no, I know, but but what I'm saying when when he does that belly is that is that when he dumps Taker to the outside? No, that was point, just that's that's just like his like that's like Lesnar's like third move in the match. Okay. Because like pretty quickly he does dump Taker to the outside, and Taker also gives him a sort of what the hell look. Um of like I wasn't expecting that. Oh there. Yeah, um, they they just go back and forth with each other for a little bit here. The battle uh, of the MMA gloves. Oh hell yeah! Uh, d- you know Taker goes hits the apron leg drop there, and then he has snake eyes in the corner. A lot of a lot of keeping each first. other in corners here. Yeah, there's a lot of corner fighting. Uh, he goozles Brock for the choke slam, but Brock dodges. He goes for the five. Taker gets out of it. Taker goes for the big boot and Brock Lesnar ducks and Taker's got his leg. He's like, oh God. So here is where things go off the rails. Uh, So Brock Lesnar throws Taker's leg into the ring post. And so they're fighting on the outside. Yes. Taker gets his leg up to boot Brock. Brock grapples him. And in, and not only that, he kind of wraps up Undertaker, so like his whole body is kind of smushed together in a ball. Yes. And then he and then Brock dumps Taker on the concrete floor. This mm-hmm. is apparently where the concussion happened. This is oh, match wow. is pretty. This match is pretty infamous for honestly being a tad underwhelming, and a part of that is from the fact that pretty early in the match, Undertaker got a concussion. In fact, it was so severe of a concussion that according to Undertaker, he actually has no memory of this day from about 3.30 p.m. to about 4 a.m. He actually doesn't remember any of this, any of this day that this happened because of how bad a concussion he had. And he would proceed to... And Undertaker would work the next 20 minutes or 15 to 20 minutes yeah as normal with a severe concussion see i've heard about the concussion thing before i completely forgot it so everything that followed i thought was totally intentional i mean it plays in really well with what they're it does play in but also at the same time how much of it was intentionally how they were going to do this match to begin with yeah that's we can't know we yeah who's to say right um because brock so, figures it out and is like okay Be- and this match very quickly becomes brock punching a barely conscious barely standing undertaker pu- well excuse you punching and stomping let's be let's very be very they're like, there's a very long sequence of this match that is yes, just, so just brock lesnar uh, beating the undertaker beats, beats up an old man uh also something i want to point out about brock lesnar i've never really noticed about him before Brock Lesnar, like when he steps in the ring, is like tomato red up top. Like my mm-hmm. man is, my man is the the blood is circulating. But then you go down below, and his legs are just, I think, the whitest thing I've ever seen. He Brock Lesnar skips all leg days. Uh, he is. The it's most, not even like. Le- well, yeah, he has like weirdly. He's got white legs ass too. chicken legs. White. <laughs> He skips he skips leg building day, he skips leg tanning day, all of the days for the legs. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. Um who needs legs, brother, when you got a fucking top half like he does. Um 
Yeah, so that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, so like, I literally, uh, my next note is just Jesus Brock Lesnar is just destroying this man. Uh, yeah, this became this became a snuff film for a second. Oh my god, it's like it's wild. It's just a lot of that. At one point, Lesnar throws Taker into the ropes, uh, but Taker's able to counter it with a DDT. Uh, although Taker, again, this might be a, a side effect of the fucking concussion. Taker looks more like taken out by this than Brock did. Um, yeah. But he kind of stumbles to the corner. Brock goes to try to, like, splash him, but uh, uh, Taker sticks his boot out and counters it. Yeah, Taker, Taker does the snake eyes in the big boot. Uh, leg drop to Brock for a two count. Taker goes for a choke slam. What? Brock, he, he like he, this is like charged finisher ass. Like he yeah, is, he uh, hits the choke he's slam. Waiting. for a two, two count. Taker tries for the tombstone, and notably, he only Undertaker only does one tombstone in this match, and it looks like total shit. Uh, this feels like one of those. Yeah, this uh, the concussion change. How this goes? Part oh yeah, hundred fucking percent. So Taker tries for a tombstone. Lesnar counters with an F five and kick out F5 by Undertaker. One F five. Heyman is like losing his mind on the outside. You've got him right where you want him. Uh, you know, drink some water, buddy. Finish um, him. But Lesnar leans down on the dead on the dead on Taker, and Taker just grapples him in the tri- Hell's Gate, which is a triangle choke. Which yes. This is he learned that move when he started learning doing MMA training. Ah, look at that. Because he's got to get a triangle submission. Well, yeah, because fucking commentary is talking about it like it's this super established part of his arsenal, and I'm like, which it is, but it's also like his third best finisher. Yeah, fourth even, depending (laughs) on how you're. Honestly, it's like Tombstone, Last Ride, arguably the Choke Slam is above Hell's Gate on this absolutely um i will say again gotta put the caveat for everything i say with this fucking match don't know how intentional this was but at least the way this played it kind of creates this great story of like taker almost like maybe playing possum and baiting lesnar mm-hmm. into vulnerable spots and then taking advantage like <clears throat> he baited Les- also- and, 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 and and commentary helped promote this too like when he was in the corner and lesnar tried to splash him and then he got the big boot up um jbl on commentary is like oh maybe he was playing possum a little bit and then it was a similar thing here of like taylor's flailing taylor taker's flailing on the ground uh but then like yeah gets like a possum a possum hell's gate uh on uh on lesnar but then i think i think jbl also makes a decent point of like sure this could be a possum thing or maybe this is all taker can do like he can't get up this the only thing he can do is just wait for Lesnar to walk over to him, and then he does it gets into Hell's Gate. Yeah, Hell, it's combining they do it, smarts with desperation. They do it twice in a row to the point where I ask myself, did Taker forget the next spot? Actually, yeah. because they do it, he gets in Hell's Gate for a while, and then Brock Lesnar does the pickup, like the same thing with Sheamus do with the pile drive with the arm bar. He just picks up Taker, slams him, and gets him to drop the hole. And then yeah. why it's T- Lesnar, so good, I think I'll have it a yeah, second. Lesnar drags Undertaker to the middle of the ring, and then Undertaker locks in Hell's Gate again, and then Lesnar breaks out of it the exact same way again. Hell yeah. Uh so, yeah. 
I was wondering why they did that just twice in a row, but okay. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm curious. Like, maybe they did intend to do it that way, but it may be. It's one of those things where it's like knowing that Taker had a super severe concussion in this match. <laughs> it makes me wonder, like, did his did bell he was legitimately all forget what to do yes. next, and he had to redo it. Um, so Undertaker crawls over to Lesnar. Lesnar locks in the Kimura lock. Uh, yes. Know, that, that's been Lesnar's new thing since he came back from doing MMA. Uh, everyone go, learns MMA and starts doing submissions. Um, Absolutely. Taker works his way out of the arm bar to put Lesnar in an arm bar. Um, Lesnar even manages to knock Taker down on the ground and Taker's still holding it in. That was sick as hell. Uh, but then mm. Taker... Goes for the old school. I saw I, I saw him rent the arm and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, Taker. Someone finally did it. Yeah. Uh he uh um he and Brock both get up. He he wrenches uh Brock's arm back. He goes to the old school, which is literally like old school taker, like Mark Calloway used to be like a freaky fucking high flyer for a dude his size. Yeah, old school, old school is old school is he holds his opponent's hand while he wa- he tight rope. Well, he does a tightrope walk. Rope. Which is, I I need to emphasize this is a gigantic man. He's seven, like, Undertaker is seven feet tall. Yes, uh, he makes he, like it's not as much as someone like Big Show or Kali or the Satnam Sings of the modern day, but like next to the Undertaker, he's too big of a dude like, to be doing this shit. And ne- and next to him. Normal people look like toy people. Um, mm. So uh, this is this is very much like this sick thing. Except Brock Lesnar pulls him down from the top rope into an F five, which is fucking like like pull like manages to in one fluid motion pull him so that he lands across Lesnar's shoulders. Yeah, and then he like goes into the F five, but kick out at two. Taker still going. Brock kind of sets up, up a fit here. Uh, yeah. Break uh Undertaker crawls the ropes. Lesnar grabs him and hits the world's flattest and slowest German suplexes. I know. I like, was like he most German suplexes for people who don't know this. You're basically like you're grabbing someone at like from behind them and like throwing the suplexing them over your head. And mm. most of most of most German suplexes have a pretty hefty arc to them, mostly because it looks more dangerous that way, because it looks closer to dropping someone on their head, but also makes it easier to land on your shoulders. Take that and take the move that way. These move un, there is no arc to the to these German suplexes. Um Undertaker just goes flat back, and it's like oh, 100 fucking percent. I don't think it feels like Lesnar had to sandbag Undertaker and just do it. Like, I don't yeah. know how capable Undertaker would have been in his best mind to be able to do help with these moves, but it definitely looks as if Lesnar had to do all the work himself. Lesnar was doing all of the work. Yeah, he tries to take, take her to Suplex City, but it Taker kind of, kind like of escapes. He, he kind of um, escapes. Uh, Lesnar's in the corner with, with Brock, uh, or Lesnar's in the corner with uh, with Heyman. Heyman is screaming, 21 and 1, and you are the one! You're going to let him deprive you of this? He wants to take that away from you! You're Brock Lesnar! So Heyman's just, Heyman's just, yeah. Brock Lesnar gets up on the second rope to punch down on Taker. Taker hits the last ride. Taker's in the last ride. Um, Undertaker is up. He's woozy. 
but he's going yeah, for the he tombstone. So worn down. He gets he it. It is the uh, I can't. This is the worst tombstone I've ever seen him do. First oh of my all, God. he can, he doesn't even have the ability to get Brock in position right because normally how you do a tombstone pile driver is you have is you get the opponent's legs crossed over onto your shoulders so that your head is between their legs. Yeah. Take and I assume that is a safety reason for that. Yeah, uh, or so maybe so it just body, looks the person's body straight up and down. It looks maybe better. It's, but take a show. Brock's legs are just over, both just over one shoulder for Taker, and then Taker he does not come even close to the to the ground. No, when he when he two stones no. Brock. Normally he's a lot better at making it look a little more like he dropped a guy on his head, but he did yeah. not. And no. kick out by Lesnar. Uh. Paul Heyman has a Grinch ass smile spread across yeah. his slimy fucking face. That's but awesome. Undertaker sits up. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the sit up spot. He gives he does the throat slash, and he's going for another tombstone. Yep. Brock reverses into the pile driver position. He lifts Taker on his shoulders, and I think I and I think the best note here is the note I made ten years ago watching this show. He's going to kick out a three F5s. That seems a bit excessive. <laughs> See, I thought he, I thought he was going to go down when he got, uh, when, when he got hit with the F5 coming out of the old school. I thought that was going to be mm-hmm. the end of it. So when it was yeah, the third so, one, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was so like, oh, this is done. I, I mentioned in the front half that I don't remember. I don't have a lot of like super specific memories of watching this show i was just in my i was just on my futon in my dorm room watching the show with headphones mm-hmm. in nothing like unique or interesting but i i distinctly remember my thought process of the next 30 seconds of show uh yeah sitting there watching it i see him go for the f5 and i'm like damn he's gonna kick out a three f5 three that F5 seems like a lot. a lot one two three <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering, like, fucking what this was for you, knowing that you did not expect this to happen. I did. I was, I was never, I was never, I never hated it more that I was kind of forced to, like, just sit in my room and be quiet in watching a wrestling show than watch, having to sit there and watch the streak be broken. I Yeah. I didn't even consider it would happen. I was just like, all right, he's going to kick out one more tombstone, bada bing, bada boom, we're done. And then he loses. And I was just sitting there in, in stun. I was stunned. I couldn't, I couldn't, my, I couldn't process what I was even seeing in that moment. That's so insane. I looked like all the people in the crowd. Yes. When the street. Oh my God. Was yeah. Broken. It's funny too because you look at it and in retrospect, the way they're playing it, it's so obvious. It like, does, like the way, like the, especially like that video. That entrance, the entrance of him having all the two, all the coffins, focus explicitly on the streak. Like, come on, like they played up the history of the streak so much that yeah. it makes so much sense that this was it in retrospect, right? Like most streak, they don't do that. They like, they bring up, it's a big number 
big number go up and remember remember all of the guys that taker is beaten right but this straight this like history lesson of the streak they've never done that before yeah and that's one of those things that maybe it makes it a lot more obvious what they're about to do and it's like i guess because this is the last time they will ever get to do it yeah but, like, it, 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 I guess, too, like, it's a little bit sneaky, like, being WrestleMania sex number, they are focused on, like, all right, 30 years of WrestleMania, we're really focused in on the history of mm. WrestleMania. So, like, I get it from that angle, but also, like, dear fucking lord, the way they're like, it's the streak, hey, guys. You you know the whole streak isn't this? I mean whole that. I mean they're always. I mean they're crazy. always. They've been like that. They've been like that for like year, for decade, for a decade. Well, yeah. Like that part of it has become a thing for a while, but like yeah, but the, like, like explicit like numeric. You like the like the new seeing the numerical order of every one of his victims like that never that's never happened before. Yeah, that was like the way how hard they leaned into that that. But, but again, like, I get why, like, in the moment, because it, it was kind of, like, unthinkable, right? Like, people mm-hmm. couldn't imagine. And you can tell. Like, we get the like- guy. We get the gif. Yeah, the eyes bug out. The jaw drops. For the record, green shirt guy looks thrilled by this. Yeah. He's, like, the like- one person in the crowd I saw smiling. Yeah, maybe he's the dude who said you suck later. Real, um, yeah, yeah, real fucking Brock Lesnar mark out here. Anyway, yeah, like I think most, like I said, a lot of people didn't really think it was going to be Brock. You know, he's his return run had been pretty meh up to this point. Yeah. Uh, that's three straight pay per view matches with Triple H will do that for you, um, and. Yeah, people just kind of assumed this was another, like, if Undertaker was going to lose, it would be to someone really new, or it would be someone he had a lot of history with. Or a lot, some people thought he was going to retire with it. Like, there was fantasy booking of, like, he has one last match with Kane, and they both retire off of that match. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I don't know if that would have been the best choice, but it was it, it would have I get it. Um and it yeah. would have and it was it was one of the more popular thoughts out there. Just like the idea that Lesnar was going to be the guy to do it was it didn't really come up a lot. At least when I was reading on the interwebs. And so yeah, it was well, it was a shocking moment. And I think on WWE, give them credit, they played that really well. Really, and like, really well. Because, like, nobody knows what they're seeing. The bell didn't ring. The music isn't playing. It's almost as if absolutely no one thought this is what was going to happen. They, yep. it's the graphic isn't there yet. The announcers haven't said anything. It's almost as if all of WWE production was like, yeah, and then Undertaker will win. All right, let's, we can pre prep all the important stuff later wait he lost shit <laughs> oh my where's god where's brock's music file where's the mp3 fuck, 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 fuck. yeah the, the poor beleaguered sound guy in the back having to like fuck 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 and the graphics design team quickly has to edit 22 and to say 21 and one yeah like delete, delete, sell, delete. yeah they sell the shock of the moment really well 
And uh, Paul Heyman is stunned that even he, some part of him didn't even think, even he did on some level didn't think Brock was actually going to do yeah, it. Yeah, Paul Heyman's like fanboying. It's insane. Then Justin Roberts announces Brock as the winner. And then dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I wrote the crowd is stunned slash mildly restless. Um, yeah. The and crowd is absolutely emotional. Yeah, it's like stunned silence, kind of grumbly in some areas. It's just, it's just they got the whole kind of emotional range on this. Yeah. Uh, so many, so many crowd shots to people of stunned face. Undertaker guy is the biggest one, but they got a lot of like they got a people. lot. Um, and as Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar start making their way up the ramp, Michael Cole with every ounce of solemnity in his voice just says the undertaker's mortal holy fuck jbl goes i guess fairy tales do end oh my god that shit i that i i missed that one but the undertaker's mortal is ah that is a line that that is a once in a lifetime line Mm -hmm. oh my god Wow. Like, uh, Undertaker is still laying dead in the ring. Uh, under t- Brock and Heyman, only after they leave does Taker sit up. And Taker struggles. He go, Yeah, he goes for the sit-up. He struggles. He kind of, like, has to twist a little bit. But he makes it up and then falls takes, back it down. It takes him genuinely, him. like, five minutes to get back on his feet. Like, again, like, he's part of this is, like, probably, uh, is probably concussion. Related. Some real, some but, kayfabe on this yeah. one as he's like... Um, but he hits the sit-up one more time, and it's Thank sticks. you, t- thank you, Taker, Chance, start. Undertaker, Chance, start. Uh, um, I wrote, you know, a chef's kiss to one of the cooler shots of this. Undertaker is struggling to sit up. He's on his knees. And in the foreground and like in the background is 21 and one. Yeah. He just looks on his knees despondent is what has just happened. Like you said earlier, some dumbass in the crowd. One dude just goes, you suck. Fuck you. Fuck you. The entire Um, announce table, all three of them stand up and give a standing ovation. They're all clapping in unison, which is slightly creepy, but like, (laughs) I also um, noticed that. Yeah. Undertaker, um, it takes Undertaker like five minutes to get up. Taker, again, some of it's concussion related, but also he is, if if any of this is on purpose, he's selling this really well. There's a legit emotion shared between him, the crew, and the audience. Fuck, I'll admit, I even felt a little bit emotional watching this. Like, this is mm-hmm. even, you know, this is uh, nine years old at this point. I've known the punchline for a long time. And yet actually watching it and seeing this era and seeing the immaculate streak be broken, one of the constants in the WWE be cast to the wayside, melted away before my eyes, is genuinely like affecting. And I was like, Mm -hmm. holy shit, this actually happened. This isn't just a thing to like hear about in listicles and like recap stories this is an actual thing i watched this the end of an era holy Mm -hmm. fuck um a a chef's kiss a chef's kiss shot real quick i wanted to point out is when taker finally does stand up um 
he is he stands against like, kind of like with a hand on the rope in the middle of the ring like horizontally in the middle of the ring mm-hmm. anyway um um and the the hard cam just slowly starts to zoom out to this entire arena doused in takers like navy blue lighting um like fucking the crowd showering him in thunderous applause taker is all alone in that ring and yet surrounded by thousands and there he is accepting his defeat Mm -hmm. uh great line from michael cole congratulations to brock lesnar but ultimate respect to the undertaker yes um Uh, also like fuck takers so so taker starts to make his exit his theme music hits again i gotta say his theme music makes for just as great finale music as it mm-hmm. does like entrance music. Something about it um, feels like sort of a grand finale. It has, you know, this ambiance to it that's it's slow, it's melancholy, but it's still grand and epic. Mm-hmm. Nine years later, um, Lesnar being the guy. I'm kind of mixed on it. Really? I think under the Undertaker, the, the guy being the guy to beat the Undertaker was always one of those like hotly debated options. Like it's one of those like your legacy will be defined by this. Yeah. Kind of a moments in wrestling. And as such, it's always been kind of hotly debated how this was gonna happen, if it was gonna happen at all. Because a lot of a lot of people first. I remember a lot of people assuming it would kind of be instant heat forever for to be that yeah. guy. And to be to, to Brock did hold on to that heat for that for a while. Yeah, um, it not forever. He eventually was able to kind of work his way back to being a babyface. It's not shocking, but yeah. you know, it. I get the concerns of like, what like are you ready to commit to being a top heel forever? Like for a really long time if you do this. Yeah. I I kind of do hate it went to a part-timer a little bit. Um a lot of the initial a lot of the biggest heat for it went to fucking Heyman. Yeah. Heyman was the fact reminding everyone that, that Lesnar did this. And especially because Lesnar really transitioned to a character kind of badass and cool. Like he's gonna, his next match will be murderizing John Cena, and then at WrestleMania he's gonna murderize Roman Reigns and be like suplex, bitch. And suddenly, uh, Lesnar's kind of cool, actually. So yeah, the heat doesn't even match. You honestly didn't do a lot with it. Um, that's fair. At At the same time, I don't know who I would to if I had the option to. I don't. Mate, now in my ultimate dream world, probably Bray Wyatt. But yeah, that's what I was going to say, Bray Wyatt. Let's be realistic well, yeah, about but, what but, WWE like, would actually want to do. Well, okay, sure, but like I feel like to, I mean, to be fair, Brock Lesnar is the most realistic option of what WWE would do. Um, if not, like mm-hmm. maybe John Cena, but that you know that is. A little too much. I I think Bray Wyatt would have been the best choice narratively, um, passing the torch as it were. It's a thing where like Brock Lesnar 
to need it, but also they booked such shit, he kind of did. Like, looking yeah. at Brock Lesnar as a It did legitimize credentials. He doesn't need to be the guy. But at the same time, acts the John and then he has an extended fucking slate. And then I always time I forget who wins between I we have talked about that SummerSlam 2013 match multiple times. And every time I forget if Brock Lesnar won or not. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm gonna look this up. But this is legitimately annoying to me. <laughs> is that I can't ever remember. Uh. It'll be Brock Lesnar or not. And it would make big... sense for Punk to lose the Uh oh. Uh oh. Whoa. Oh no. Oh dear. Well, dear audience, it is just you and I. Hello. Anyway. Uh it would make sense for uh Brock Lesnar to to beat CM Punk for them to make CM Punk lose, but who's to say, really? Now, for my own two sides, ah, there you are. I'm continuing my thoughts uh, by myself. Uh, let's uh, as you were looking up the 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 Punk uh, the Punk match result. Yeah, Punk Lesnar did beat Punk. Okay, um, yeah, that, that that makes sense. So. I was. I think Lesnar needed credibility like this of some sort. You know, his initial, the initial hype of him coming off of being back from MMA was pretty done by this. He yeah, he loses to Cena and then the Triple H feud and the kind of he looked a little too mortal by this point. And from the long term plans of him, I get it. You know, yep. they were ultimately building a monster for Roman Reigns to be. That's and, exactly and that's, what I'm saying. And yeah. for that, I get it. And also, like, he is the MMA guy. Like, they kind of did push him as the single most mm-hmm. legitimate fighter here. So, like, from that level, it makes sense, too. Mm-hmm. It's it's a thing that makes a lot of sense. I'm trying to not use my opinion on Brock Lesnar post Undertaker to color my opinion of uh, whether it was a good uh-huh. idea for him to beat Undertaker at all. Because oh. I don't think that's fair. No, oh. that they could have oh. booked it better. Oh yeah. And it would have been fine. That oh. he's thinking Brock Lesnar is a boring, boring character does not really impact whether or not it's, it was well, a good idea to have him the beat most Undertaker disrespectful at the ways to his fellow wrestlers. Uh, anyway, so the is over. Rightly or wrongly, this this we're here now. Um, yep. And Should have been the wild. crowd will be kind of different the rest of the show. Kind of. And I'll bring up some remarks I thought of in the main event. 
that when we get there. But okay. it's time for WrestleMania play button. Oh, yeah. WWE is starting with Rania 31. We'll be in, on not putting the number in the title in the in the logo anymore. Sure. So this is WrestleMania play button because the logo is a play button, and they're going to be in and they're going to be in in Cal in uh, California at SoFi Stadium. Uh, oh, they were they were advertising. See, I skipped this because I assumed it was them hawking the fucking network. No, okay. this is them hawking next year's WrestleMania. Oh, well, shit. WrestleMania play button. Look, how do you do, fellow kids? We know YouTube. Yeah, and then I wrote WrestleMania making me enjoy Kid Rock song because the one who does the celebrate song we've been uh, uh, c- the celebrating up this Ooh. time. Um, time for the Vicky Guerrero Divas Championship Invitational. Uh, AJ Lee stands alone and is the only person to get an entrance in the match is already in the ring. This is the first time the Divas title has ever been defended at WrestleMania. It will also be the last time. The only time? That's hilarious. Yeah, next year it will be AJ Lee and Paige versus the Bella Twins in a tag match. And at WrestleMania 32, it will be Sasha versus Charlotte versus Becky in a triple threat match to crown the new women's champion women's of WWE. Ah, uh, rest in peace. Yeah, uh, now obviously the women's title has been defended at Mania across its history, but the Divas belt, which was originally the secondary women's belt, and then fused the belt together, so there's only one women's butterfly belt had never been defended at Mania before. That's wild. I actually didn't know it was a secondary belt at first. I just assumed it became the new. Huh, interesting. No, at one point in time, there was a women's title and a divas title. That's fucked up. Um, but yeah, so. And then, uh, uh, Vicky, good luck, but especially AJ. Honestly, this is a, for what it is. I mean, it's the spot it infest. Fuckity do. This is a fuckity do spot fest arena. Yeah. They're just doing spots after spots after spots because there's like a minute in this match. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's this break calm down match they needed because, uh, the Undertaker streak the was just broken. We're all, we're all a little ended. bit yeah. depressed right now, and we can't go straight to the main. So it's a fun enough match, and against all odds, AJ Lee locks in the Black Widow Naomi and gets the win. Um, it was one one yeah, fall to a somehow AJ match. Lee is still yeah. We we can't have the bitches who aren't on Total Divas win anything. But AJ Lee, who is not on Total Divas, can still be the women, the the Divas champ. Sure, I and guess. Fine. Don't worry. The next night on Raw, as I witnessed from my dorm room basement laundry room, Paige will debut off of NXT and beat AJ for the Divas title on her first night on Raw. They couldn't have just put her in the main. Whatever. Vicky is pissed, and AJ makes Vicky give her the title belt back. And backstage, we do a bit 
You a skit. Oh my god. With mean Gene Okerlund interview. Mean Gene is here. Hulk yeah, Hogan, holy shit. Roddy Palmer and Paul Orndorff. Orndorff I, 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 I think you mean Paul Orndorff, brother. Sure, Hogan. Uh, Hogan. Paul, Hogan Roddy, consistently pronounces his name Orndorff, and I don't get it. Orndorff. Um. So Roddy yeah. Piper is like, we got beef with you. Paul does. And he gives the mic to Orndorff. And Orndorff is like, every day, every week, for the past years, people have been telling me I lost the WrestleMania. And so yeah. Orndorff is here yeah. to like get his revenge. Uh, Roddy Piper, it was funny because Roddy Piper was like, you beat us at Mania. Well, more like you beat we didn't beat me. Yeah, Rob that was funny. Put over Hulk Hogan and Bike never will. Based. Based. And Orndorff and Piper are about to start a f- And then Mr. T shows up. He's like, I pity the fool. He pities the fool. And, and me and then- tries to force. Hogan tries Hulk is like I think we should just bury the hatchet and shake dude yeah Hulk Hogan isn't so sure about his chances on this one we should just bury the hatchet brother Orndorff and Roddy Piper are under the most duress go for it they shake hands well fucking Pat Patterson shows up in like old school in like the old school ref uniform and he then and, the and breaks him up. It's like a referee because he did duties back then, and he's like, "Come on, get over it." It's been yeah, 30 but like years. A, like an eighties a, a golden age ref. So like the blue short sleeve button up and the black bow tie. Yeah, he was he was probably ref. Like I said, he was the referee. He might have been maybe a one. Uh, for the, so I correct myself one time. Right here, Roddy Piper put over Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. He's he's like he's like vibrating. Uh, and like when Roddy shakes hands with Hulk, he like breaks down crying, and Hulk pulls him in like, oh, brother, it's okay, dude. Everyone's got to put over the Hulkster eventually, brother. Um, we cut to um, Roddy Piper is literally. Uh, and then, yeah. And hello. Uh, we are back a second time now. Uh, yeah. we tried to record this. Well, I was in a hotel for uh for traveling for work, and we had so many technical difficulties we couldn't even finish the fucking episode. So we're back to discuss the main event of WrestleMania 30. Fuck yes. Um. So first thing that stood out to me though. Live performance of voices by Oh, Randy oh Orton. yeah. Oh, the the uh well well first of all I we gotta point out uh they have the the legends in the crowd. Bruno San Martino, Harley Race, Bob Backland, Dusty Rhodes, and Bret Hart are all here at Ringside. That's neat. They're um, all here. None of them wanted they, to do a skit with WWE toys. So yeah, they, are. they all look they all look utterly thrilled. Uh, um 
yeah, the I singers feel- of Orton's theme are here to proclaim how doomed he is. Um, yep. I hear voices in my head. They say to me, you're gonna lose. They talk to me. They talk to me. To me. Yeah, those are the shit. voices of the voices of the bookers. <laughs> true, true. I love that shit. Uh, as as Batista was coming out, I was envisioning a world where they don't fix the main event of this show, and so the Undertaker loses to Brock Lesnar, oh and the God. crowd has to then watch Randy Orton versus Dave Batista. Dude, just imagine like. WrestleMania sex number would have gone from like people's best list to people's worst list. Like, oh, it would have fucking the whole show would have tanked. tanked the rankings for this. Yeah. Oh, it would have been so fucked. Um, I one thing going back to Orton's entrance real quick. Okay, I've never really thought to like put words to this before. What the fuck is Orton's like pose? He gets up on like on on the turnbuckle and he does this. And it looks simultaneously like he's, like, trying too hard to shrug, but also, like, not trying nearly hard enough to, like, shrug. I don't... Honest, I got... I have no idea what that's about. He's just like... It's just, it's just what he does! And he sells it, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Randy. Uh, okay. Randy, yes, that's as all Batista. I, that's all I got. As Batista's making his entrance, we are uh, we, the the Bootista signs have returned. I also noted the Bootista. I was saying Bootista. <laughs> Never gets old. Never fucking gets old. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Daniel uh, Bryan just, just say yes, that sir. Arm. I I I, oh, yeah. I gotta say, uh, we get a shot of like just say yes, shirt guy again. My man yes. is uh not he he's like going ham when daniel bryan makes it he is not here to see another one of his fucking heroes lose Bruh, if daniel bryan had lost that guy would have i think been i think just say yes shirt guy would have just like exploded i think he would have like yeah. just pff, com- spontaneous combustion we would have discovered it that evening yeah on live pay-per-view um but daniel uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I have to say daniel bryan makes his entrance daniel bryan is back out here again Entering a match that he was not expected to be in with an injury to his right arm. Hmm. This seems, um, familiar. Um, so, cause, cause I'm, I'm at not, all, I'm missing it all out 2023, he faced Ricky Starks in a oh, match that's... he was not expected oh, yeah! to be in with an injury to his right arm. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, that also fun fact that is factually that is going to be me on my two show day for Avenue Q. Oh baby, four hours of <laughs> just an injured anyway. arm. Yeah, four hours of puppeteering, motherfucker. It's going to be the worst. Um, uh, so here was something that was that was really funny. Um, is so so something I noticed watching the ple the play um on Peacock was that like. I, it kept like blacking out at random spots and then coming as if it was going to commercial, but then coming right back at the exact same spot. And I realized partway through, Oh shit. That's for like the people who have Peacock with advertisements. Yeah, um, so I poor, found it, that's for poor people who don't yeah, have. So, so on, on commentary, they hawk the network and talk about back then it was only nine 99 a month. And it's right then that the fucking Peacock, like 
blacks out again, reminding you of how much it sucks to be a pleb who only watches Peacock for $5.99 a month. Yeah. Oh, this is a good time for me to say is because it never happened. It didn't happen yet. I guess they got really desperate to sell the network as time went on after it completely mm. bombed all after projections. Ooh, baby. Um, they would start to sell, try to sell the network. They'd bring up the $9.99 a month to watch the pay-per-view, and they'd be like, and they'd be basically be like, What kind of fucking idiot is buying $59.99 pay-per-views when you can get the WWE network? Oh no. That's a yeah, the 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 choice to to like do that is so interesting to me. I mean, some of it is, you know, some people don't I mean some places don't have the the broad the internet for the network yeah. for the network good streaming. It's a topic of discussion. But I just love that they just went they they got so desperate they were insulting part of their customer base to get the people like, by the network. Dipshits, give us less money. Yeah, what kind of fucking idiot pays for like, $59.99 when they the math, pay $9.99? The math there does like check out because it's like either way, we're doing monthly pay-per-views. So you're either paying 60 bucks a month plus whatever the fuck your capable cable bill is to watch like to watch shit, or you're paying $9.99 a month to like mm-hmm. watch all of the shit. Like it, mean, the math here is pretty obvious. The network changed fair. the math forever. Like, like, like people have become more resistant to pay, like the cost of pay-per-views because of the network. Yep. It's a common yep. refrain when we talk about like impact ROH and AEW's uh, pay-per-view models is people mm-hmm. are like, I don't like, like they, they like, they don't, people are less willing to pay $50 pay-per-views on a regular basis now because yep. they've gotten used to WWE giving more for less. This is undercutting the market as we call that. Well, yeah, Cause they, cause, cause they, they quickly like cheapened the price of the pay-per-view. Didn't they? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like WWE could afford to take the hit. They took to yeah. do that. Other companies. What is can't. it That's for a, them now? Is it 30? I think, I think 20? they, I think their pay-per-views are still 60. They just, so really? small. I don't think they've cheapened their own pay-per-view prices. It's just un it's just no it's such a small percentage. Everyone just goes for Peacock at that point. Right. Like they're they still get a few thousand pay-per-view buys a month, but it's it's negligible at this point. Uh 44.95 in the US for a pay-per-view event. WrestleMania is 60. Okay. Okay. But yeah, like other other um, other companies um, have to deal with this problem of like, look, we can't afford to not sell our shows at this price point. And mm-hmm. people always say, what if they sold them cheaper? They would have more. They would get more buys. And yes, but the economics of that pretty much have never worked out. Like, yeah, the eco- like. It would be nice, but the economics of like, what if I drop the pay-per-view price? That is pretty much never in the history of pay-per-view led to more buys at a lower rate to the point where it's more economic. The economic incentives are to drop the price. Like, and yet they also have the network where you can just watch the pay-per-views for 10 bucks a month. Right. Economic, oh. econo- economically, pay-per-views are pretty much at the price point they have to be at. 
to be the yeah. most profitable. Um, but so then, but then also the network is there to fuck everything up anyway. Be like, fuck you. It's nine ninety nine. That's all you need. Yeah. Like I what said, what kind I'm of idiot under, <laughs> undercutting the market uh, for other companies who can't just make a streaming service or get on one and offer, oh you know, some okay. companies can be on national TV for years, a partnered with a TV network with a popular streaming service and not be on the streaming service. Not <gasps> giving, not calling out anything in particular. Pain. Pain. It's someday, someday AEW is going to get that streaming deal. It's going to happen someday. Uh-huh. Anyway, swear to God. back to the match, 2014. <laughs> yes. The match, now we've got that out of the way. Um, yes. The match, Daniel Bryan kind of starts hot. He Daniel Bryan wrestles this really smart in his in oh, 100%. psychology here. Of like, I gotta go fast. All gotta of go the fast. legs. Gotta go fast and use my legs exclusively. Kicks, on, kicks only. Kicks only, pal. Yeah, immediate running drop kick from Daniel Bryan. Um, Batista, Batista lunges for him. Daniel Bryan counters and throws him to the outside. Randy Orton, in turn, gets Daniel Bryan to the outside. Yeah, Daniel, uh, yeah, Daniel Bryan. Orton starts attacking the injured arm. And a lot of this match is Batista v. Orton 1v1 while Daniel Bryan oh. sells injured in the on the ground. It's it's so fascinating the way the way they built this because yeah so uh, Orton then grabs Batista brings him back inside the ring um, and uh, hits a backbreaker um, D- Daniel Bryan I think has like returned to the to the uh, inside of the ring and Randy Orton tries like, to get back he tries no. to get back in the ring Orton runs over pushes him off the apron and goes back right back off again. <laughs> Yeah, and then but and then Batista proceeds, proceeds to throw Orton to the outside of the ring because we can't yeah. we can't keep it in the ring for more than thirty seconds, folks. No, nah, right? man, or, Batista is sending Orton headfirst into the announce table. He throws him in the barricade, mm. and then Orton's fighting back with headbutts, uppercuts. He whips Batista into the steps, and then so Batista gets up. Batista deconstructs the stairs, and he mm-hmm. tries to Batista bomb Orton onto the steel steps, like Boom. the first layer. Uh, but then Orton counters with a back body drop. And then Orton grabs Brian and dumps him elbow first onto the barricade. And yep. then he goes back over to fight Batista some more. Yeah, so, uh, so this is part, kind of the pattern of the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Funniest part is Orton, after he gets Batista off the stairs, Orton goes onto the stairs and he hits the pose. He oh, hits does the he? pose I, on I, the steps. I, I thought that forgot was about that part. Um... Yeah, no, the, the the pattern early on in this match, like you said, um, Daniel Bryan is, uh, or Batista and Randy Orton are taking turns just fucking murderizing Daniel Bryan, doing everything to keep him out of commission so that they could have the 1v1 match they were supposed to have at Mania. So mm-hmm. it is it is this really interesting story beat of them, like, uh, it's almost like a pride thing for them of of them holding on for dear life to this original version of the match while throwing while you know swatting at the pest that Which, is Daniel Bryan. I thought this while I was watching the match. I feel like it goes really well with like the meta like the meta narrative of this storyline has always been about how WWE had to be pulled uh kicking and screaming 
to actually put Daniel Bryan in this spot. And to the very end, to the actual match itself, it still feels like WWE doesn't want to give him the fucking moment because I know we take him out of the match constantly so we can have Orton versus Batista. That's what the people that's, wanted, that's right? That's what the people wanted. Vince is not mad. Vince is not mad. Let the record show, folks. Vince is not fucking yeah. mad. So um, the thing I noted is Orton, when Orton did his like he's just like stomp around the world bit to guys where he like stomps on their leg you know, each leg and arm individually. Uh yeah. JBL called this out as Ronnie Garvin's move, and I was like, holy shit, I know that now because we've watched some Ronnie Garvin matches at this point, and he did oh, yeah. the move in the match. I'm he like, did. hey, I did know that, JBL. Hey, I completely then, forgot about that, but yes. Yeah. Um, but then uh but Orton is trying to get picking up Batista missile drop kick out of nowhere by Daniel Bryan. Oh, fuck and yes. Daniel Bryan starts doing the yes kicks to Orton and Batista simultaneously. Oh yeah. Like he goes, oh, like he's, he goes uh, back and forth. It was really cool. Fuck. When, when did that, when did that happen? We're, uh, um, I'm trying to find where that is in my notes. Um, it was early mid part of the match. Early mid. Like nothing, like we hadn't um, even done. We haven't gotten into authority bullshit yet. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, let's see what what else do we got? Um, we have uh, we we had a really interesting note from commentary. Um, that Orton has because of the Daniel Bryan meta narrative and because of Batista's like involvement in that. Um, Orton has ironically kind of become an afterthought in this equation, despite being the first ever world heavyweight champion um which is which is an interesting story beat to add to it of like orton was kind of the catalyst for all of this kicking off um like and here it in the was finale the he is the least important person yeah seriously he is like uh like like there's always uh they actually didn't really talk about this on commentary all that much but like there is this uh narrative that comes up a lot with triple threat matches where or even like fatal four-way matches where the champion is not the one who needs to get pinned in order to lose the champion can Mm -hmm. lose his belt by simply not being there for the pin at all and they and the thing is they bring this up but i will say is that mathematically most of the time the champion does end up being the one that get pinned gets pinned i don't have yeah. the numbers hard on me right now for that uh but i will say as an observer as a viewer it feels like they say that just as a way to add tension it doesn't really play into anything most of the time it usually yep. ends with the champion still taking the loss yes correct um but uh, it does. It does kind of create this interesting uh, added psychology for Randy Orton of another reason why he's trying to keep Daniel Bryan out of this match. This is him reclaiming his fucking dignity. It's he like, is, hey, you, hey, he realizes what about me? His, yeah, what about me? Uh, so there's an extra level of added spite for him too. Uh, on on that front, um. There was there was this great moment. I you might have you might have mentioned the yeah 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 yeah. Um, so something I want to mention about the Daniel Bryan like drop kick into the alternating yes kicks is that mm-hmm. um, we're focused on Daniel Bryan and Batista in the ring and Orton and Batista yeah. 
That's what I meant. Orton and Batista in the ring. Daniel Bryan comes flying out of nowhere. We do not see him climbing up on the turnbuckle to do this dropkick. That was a, which, you know, sometimes can be a very lame like thing for, for, um, for a camera to miss. Like, like, come on, motherfucker, show what's going on. But in this case, it was that, that is like perfectly thematic of like Daniel Bryan literally out of nowhere. We, the TV viewing audience did not see this coming. That was a special thing that we got that the live audience didn't get to experience. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so alternating yes kicks to both men, but Randy Orton counters it before Daniel Bryan's able to hit the very last yes kick on him. Yeah, they, they uh, start kind of doing, uh, you know, they do some moves on each other and break up each other's pins, like Orton pins Bryan, Batista breaks it up, Batista pins Orton, Bryan breaks it up. Uh, they Brian gets Batista and Orton opposite corners, and he like does alternating drop corner drop kicks to each other back and so, forth. Something I want to point out too: I noticed he was very deliberately avoiding landing on the the injured right shoulder, which like the amount of fucking psychology. Body well, and, and also the amount of fucking body control it takes to like get yourself in a like position where you're mm-hmm. dropping on to a specific like shoulder. Um, Jesus Christ, Daniel Bryan's a fucking master in the ring. Holy shit. He is. Um, uh, also, sidebar, commentary wants to let us know that hashtag thank you taker is trending on Twitter. Very cute. Um, yep. uh, so Batista tosses Bryan to ring over to ring Backwards over the road. He just chucks him over there. Then Batista yep. goes to and, the top and, and, that's, and in this case, Daniel Bryan does land on the shoulder. Yep. Again, fucking, oh my Great. God. Batista to the top rope, uh, but Orton gets him in a superplex. Waka waka. But then out of nowhere again, Brian hits the diving headbutt. Yes, and then a fucking yes lock onto over to Orton to get in the yes lock, and out comes Stephanie and Triple H. They had to get their licks in one last time. Triple H Um, beats up Mike Kyoto. And the then, ref, yes. while all this shit is happening, Batista gets back in the ring and he hits the spine buster on Brian and he goes setting up for the Batista bomb. But then, Scott, they bring in Scott fucking Armstrong. Scott Arms. Now, this Scott might Armstrong. be a forgotten, this probably be, might be a forgotten beat a little bit here. They do explain it on commentary, but it's been a long time since we've covered that part on the podcast. But back yeah. at Night of Champions 2013. They did a whole story where Daniel beat Orton, but Scott Armstrong did a fast count. And then the next night on Raw, the authority uh, stripped Brian of the belt because of the fast count and created a whole fake conspiracy that Scott Armstrong and Daniel Bryan had conspired to screw Orton. And in fact, we had we learned later in the night that Scott Armstrong was in the pocket of the authority. So it was all a setup. Mm. Yes. Um so that's like, so like you got Michael Cole screaming. They they bring back that crooked referee Scott Armstrong. The fix is in, boys. Yeah, yeah, that was a I, that was a deep cut for me. I'll be honest, I did completely forget about that angle. But I was like, okay, so they they commentary did a good, decent enough job explaining of like, oh, okay, he's in Triple H's like pocket. But Brian um, uh, Batista hits the Batista bomb, but Brian kicks out, and honestly, it wasn't really a fast count in commentary. It was not at all a out. fast count. Like, Which, what are you doing, man? Like, maybe the narrative is that like 
he even has like rebelled against the authority like the authority has shown their ass and he's like actually i i think the yes movement is cool um so it could be something like that but i don't i don't know how textual no. that actually is brian um, Bri daniel bryan kicks art and Dan scott armstrong in the face takes him out and then daniel bryan does a suicide dive onto triple h scott armstrong and stephanie mcmahon and all stephanie. at once that was sick as boy. fuck that Triple H, you done touched my wife. And so <laughs> my wife, famous gets, wife guy, Triple he H gets his sledgehammer. They saved it. You know, they, they, yes. didn't, they didn't bring out the sledgehammer in the first match. No, they did not. So, because we had to get it later, but then Daniel intercepts the sledgehammer and he takes it and he hits Triple H with his own sledgehammer. Dude, that was such a great fucking moment. Of like what the symbolism here mm -hmm. um of fucking um using Triple H's own weapon against him. Uh again, like the the way Daniel Bryan in storyline has played the game as it were, ha 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 is brilliant. It's it was one of watching this portion of the match. This, he, the, Brian is now effectively taking out the authorities. Triple H and Stephanie get escorted to the back and don't come back. Uh, in that moment, in that mindset of like, oh my god, what if WWE screwed Daniel one more time? I did kind of think about like WWE could make an argument that Daniel Bryan got his narrative satisfaction here. As he pretty definitively beat the authority tonight, Triple yeah, H and Stephanie. But so you know, maybe was he, was, was this what a if concern? what if we let that be the win? What it was this a concern back in 2014? Because I feel like the the outcome was pretty obvious, right? Like if uh, they, yeah, I mean, once it they should be, but I don't think 2014 WWE fans were like. And I and we and we can trust WWE to may always make the most logical and to hit the logical endpoint. That's wild. We, so I he, think we were all too I, cynical about it. I literally had the thought of watching. I was like, I was like, you know, sometimes I'll like, you know, give AEW like, you know, shit, quote unquote, for for like kind of predictable match outcomes. But like, I you know, you doesn't need to be like unpredictable to be good and i and i had the thought of like because here everyone in the building had to have known that like at this point this is what they were going for i mean it was obviously the logical point but you know yeah but you all were so jaded we were by... all too jaded to just think like this is it this is it honestly honestly that's kind of a brilliant addition to the meta narrative in and of itself yeah, like you want to believe that surely if they're going to put him in the main, that that means he's going to win, right? But yeah. I want to remind I want to remind us that in the future, kind of future narrative here, in the 2015 Royal Rumble, Daniel Bryan goes in the Rumble and everyone's like, oh my God, that means he's going to win, right? And then not only is he eliminated in the middle of the match, they frame it, they time it perfectly so that Daniel Bryan is sitting dejected on the ramp when Goldust music hits to come out and the Shattered Dreams video pops over Daniel Bryan's head. <laughs> no fucking way. So, like, you, we couldn't oh. trust, we couldn't trust WWE to follow through on Daniel Bryan.
That's Vince absolutely giving a fucking double bird to everybody for making him change his plans. The 2015 Royal Rumble is the most spiteful booking WWE has done in a hot minute. We should. Oh yeah, isn't that Roman? Time. That's the one where Roman wins and The Rock comes out and everybody boos The Rock instead. Yup. Oh my god. But the whole uh, okay. Rumble is booked so spitefully. It's we. Yeah. It's worth a watch on this show, honestly. Man, maybe conspiracy theory time. Maybe the reason Roman Reigns got pushed so hard to the moon is like because Vince was mad that the audience like pushed him to actually like booking Daniel Bryan well for a little bit, and so this is him being like. Fuck you! No matter how much you complain, I'm never changing my plans again! Yeah. But, you know, so, point is, you know, we were all jaded enough to at least, like, think, like, hmm, but what if, though? Like, surely yeah. they wouldn't do all this for Daniel Bryan to not win. But that That's part... Just... In the back of our minds, though, we were always thinking, though, but oh, no. what if? But what if? That's fucking wild. Uh, that must have been a crazy feeling. Uh, Daniel Bryan's bandaging gets torn up. Um, yeah, Orton after, yeah, Orton. Uh, they start. I while Orton and Brian, Orton and Batista are starting to like unbandage Brian's shoulder and take him to town. We are getting the na 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 na. na hey na, hey na, hey, hey, good hey, hey, bye. Bye. Yeah, that was. I did notice that. Yeah, because they're like being escorted out. That was great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Orton and Batista, Orton and Batista. I think we can say they are, are definitively in cahoots we are cahoots in yes they are temporarily unified in the goal of murderizing the fuck out of daniel Bryan. so orton uh orton and batista cleaning off the announce table batista Take hits Brian in the face with a monitor uh cm punk chants start yeah okay i was, like, I was the only one that heard that oof what the fuck um, I and did. So it uh, begins a a long seven year arc of whenever we hate booking the current, whenever we're mad about whatever's in front of us, we just start chanting CM Punk. And it's seven years. Wait, seven years? Are you kidding me? I that was that was like the rebellious fuck you chant till at least AEW started, and then ar- arguably like all the smarkiest. WWE fans just went to go watch w- a- a- w- uh, AEW. AEW. But definitely it died for forever when Punk came back. But like, while Punk was gone, the like, I hate this booking, fuck WWE chant was CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. It's, that's incredible. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, I will say, while Batista is like clearing off the commentary desk, um, Fucking, we do get a great shot from, like, behind the commentary desk, which we normally don't get when, like, this mm-hmm. spot is happening, this kind of spot is happening, where, like, the way Batista seizes on, like, the WrestleMania plate on top of the desk, like, the impact is, like, felt and heard. That was a great mm-hmm. little shot. Um, uh, But, yeah, so between the both English and Spanish... Uh, commentary announced desk um they uh, orton batista standing on the english announced desk uh batista standing uh no no batista standing on the english commentary desk uh orton is standing on the spanish commentary desk to the to the left of it um batista grabs daniel bryan picks him up 
into a Batista bomb, which then Randy Orton follows through into an RKO. Well, he tries. Well, okay. He tries. He I thought it it. I thought it looked sick. I mean, it's a sick idea, and the WWE video games will put a fixed version of that move in every game after this. This happens. But wait, like just uh, like a Batista bomb into an RKO. Yeah, they mocap that tag that double team move, and it's really the game, and it's just part of the games now. That's wild. But um, yeah, he. But the one the one time they do it in real life, uh, Orton misses the jump a little bit. He very clearly never grabs Daniel for the RKO. But oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it's it's rough. Um, but they go through the announce table. Uh, the medical personnel comes to check on Brian while Batista starts beat, keeps beating down on Orton, and they okay. they like to put it, Daniel Bryan on the stretcher. Yeah. Okay. Was it just me or like did it seem like Batista was playing this like he was almost a little conflicted about what just happened? Was that did, did you notice that? I, I didn't. I didn't see that. So I don't. know. Okay. He looked like shell shocked or something. I don't fucking know. Um. Um. But yeah. So. Uh, Orton eventually hits Batista. Was there? They're on the apron, and Orton hits Batista with a fucking DDT to the floor, the face first. Orton, he hit the vintage Orton to the floor. That's oh, that's the vintage Orton, the face first DDT. Got it. Yeah, that, um, that's the one where that's the one where Michael Cole, without a doubt, with without fail, is always like vintage Orton. So yes, um, but yes, uh, back up the ramp. He's alive! He's getting off the stretcher. He's fighting the EMTs. He's got the yeah, power of the people like on his side. He doesn't need EMT. medical attention. Yeah. Uh fucking uh wasn't wasn't Penta wasn't Pentagon Jr. busy doing the exact same shit fucking over in Lucha Underground around this time? Wasn't that like oh. part of his match with Vampiro or whatever? Yeah, get off the stretchers. <laughs> Fighting. Uh, or Brian is trying to crawl EMTs. to the ring. Orton sees him and tosses him into the ring steps. And then Dude, he throws him and, back. And, 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 and I, just, I just gotta say, like, 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 but Orton here is basking in the crowds. I did write, I wrote this note. Orton taking his sweet ass time to soak in the Daniel Bryan chance before hitting that RKO. I'm sure that will backfire. He's such a fucking good villain. Holy yep. shit. But he, he, he goes, he eventually goes for the RKO. It is blocked. Get Daniel gets in the yes lock. Batista jumps yes. in to save the match. Bryan puts Batista in the yes lock and Orton breaks it up. Yep. Uh, Orton manages to beat Batista into the corner, um, but goes for the RKO with Batista fucking just like brute force countering you, it. Like he just pushes him off. He's just like, nope. nope. Um, Batista goes for the spear. Orton jumps. Batista spears Daniel Bryan. RKO to Batista. Kick out. Two count. And then that means yep. Orton is going to that place. And he's thinking of going for the punt. Move. Yeah, it's the move where he punt kicks you straight square in the head. Oh my god! On I just thought he was going for another knees. RKO. No, he's going for the punt. He that used to be his move when he was like a more sadistic heel in the oh, 2009 2010. Uh, they got rid of the move. Um, I think because of concerns I of him actually why. making contact. Um, 
and now it's become like Orton's super move. Like the I'm desperate. I gotta like it's the idea is like over nine thousand. It's like he will win with this move if he gets it. But yeah. he tries it so rarely. But he's going for the punt. And then Daniel Bryan, out of nowhere, boo, knee to the face. Like You're knee, done. Yeah. You're fucking Batista, out. Batista tosses Bryan out of the ring and tries to pin Orton off of it. Orton kicks out. Batista hits the Batista bomb on Orton. Boo, psycho knee to Batista. We're getting in the yes lock. Michael Cole is yelling, tap out Batista. Tap out Batista. Tap out Batista. <laughs> One of oh Michael Cole's God. better calls. That was, that is... he was, Michael Cole was like fucking ravenous by the end of this. And then incredible. Batista taps out. Daniel yes! has won. In, in like, an actually, like, Daniel Bryan defeating, ultimately, the original plan meant to screw him out of everything he deserved. Uh, in one of the rare moments, the champion losing the fucking match without being involved in the pin. Um, and new. And holy As, as Michael Cole shit. puts it, the miracle on Bourbon Street. Yup. Uh it was it was incredible moment. Uh it was I did have to pause the the you know celebration uh to to note a random ass fucking vote Quincy sign in the crowd for some reason, like from The Simpsons. Don't know why right. that was there, but they put the yeah, right, hand over that in the crowd. Sure. Yeah, I mean so, I guess, you know. Daniel Daniel Bryan celebrating with the belt. He gets on the announce table with the belt as Pyro shoots off confetti's raining down yeah uh daniel bryan signals for a young girl and her mom to get in the ring and hug him that was neat and i looked it up that is daniel bryan's sister and niece oh that, i thought that was like his daughters or something oh okay. no that's his sister and his niece that's uh, adorable and we get a shot of connor mccaleck which we haven't talked about that uh but i want to bring it up here is Basically, Connor McCaleck, uh, it was a uh, was a pediatric uh, cancer patient. I'm gonna have to uh, take a look at he, uh, look up again what um uh, what it was he his cancer was. It was medulla bla- medulla blastoma. Okay. So, and he had there was a big social. He was a big WWE fan, and there was a big social media campaign for him to meet Daniel Bryan because that was he was. That was his favorite wrestler. And mm-hmm. WWE uh, managed to put that together. And him and him and uh, Brian, um, basically he became like a big fan favorite among like the locker room because they just Aww. love this kid. And um, he got front row seats to the show. Um, and tragically, he passed away only a few weeks after WrestleMania 8. He passed away at the age of 8. Uh, oh. from spinal and brain cancer and w and after this uh triple h and stephanie mcmahon named uh the connor's cure charity in his honor for ww it becomes wwe's um honestly their biggest can uh charity initiative um going forward is a connor's cure which is for pediatric pediatric cancer research and it's named after Connor so it's like it was this really sweet moment to getting the you know getting the 
getting to uh, see him for him to see Daniel uh, Bryan win. It was a yeah. I don't really know a way to transition out. No, of that's about just it. that's just really sweet. I adore yep. that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was cute. Um, I, I, I okay. I, I loved it on just... commentary. Uh, on commentary, uh, JBL was like, ah, "I guess I do believe in miracles." Yeah, eat shit, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> Yeah, he even even JBL had to like cop to the how awesome this moment was. Um, I fucking uh, maybe this is just me. Honestly, like in totality, the match felt like weirdly short. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I was wrong. It felt like it was only like a fifteen or something. Um, uh, let me let me look. I don't know how long was the match. Uh, it definitely. I don't. I don't know. The whole energy of the show was it went twenty four minutes. Oh, okay. Well, that's not bad then. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, the yeah. whole energy of the show felt a little weird after the streak was broken. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but but either way, this was a tremendous moment that kind of mm-hmm. painted over that a little bit. Um, yeah. Confetti shoots off. It's not even Daniel Bryan colored confetti. Um, it's the it's New fucking, Orleans purple and it's orange. the New Orleans WrestleMania thirty. Yeah. Um, it, again, another little touch. I don't know how intentional it was, but it's almost like the authority wasn't expecting the Daniel Bryan wins. They're just like a generic confetti, you know, for whoever. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool nonetheless. But oh my God, kind of like the opposite of what I was saying about the the Undertaker streak break earlier is like, even though I, you know, knew the punchline going in, that's the whole point of this arc, like actually watching it transpire was magical it felt mm-hmm. for a moment like i was there mm-hmm. watching it happen for the first time um mm-hmm. and it it was it just felt so earned this is like this is the fans winning in the best possible way um yep. and what a sweet moment it's uh especially with a company you know, like wwe like where <laughs> sometimes the bookers don't love to listen i mean that it's like that in all companies but some companies are a little more fan servicey than others WWE can very can be very much not that. So like actually seeing this moment that for a while this company was determined to not let happen actually transpire, knowing everything that went into it, and then with the incredible on-screen narrative that unfolded, unfucking parallel. Amazing. And so WrestleMania 30, hell of a show. Uh, yes. Watching through it, I there's really no, I mean besides the the Brian, the Wyatt Cena ending. Uh, I don't think there's any real misses on this show for me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Just fantastic show up and down. It ages amazingly. And like a fine wine. Absolutely. Like a hell of an ending to a hell of a storyline that we yes. followed here. Oh, so fucking sweet and satisfying. Uh, I, this might, this is probably like the highest quality wrestling TV we've watched on this arc, you know, front all um, the way through. Yeah, here. yeah, probably. I mean, Lucha Underground, uh, like that's that's, you mean that's arc its own like category, really. Okay, I meant that's, our arc that's fair. because Lucha Underground is its own thing on this show. Yeah, out of the arcs we've covered, this is probably like the best one. Unironically, um, mm. my personal favorite will probably remain. Uh, the the ladder match with the custody of Dominic just because 
And that was very but, funny. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that arc, but some of yeah, it was like, this is, this is so no, fucking dog goofy. shit. Like, this is amazing. It was, it was, yeah, it, it was, it was very like so bad and goofy that it's good. Um, yeah. This was unironically awesome. Yeah. Um, All the fucking way through. Absolutely. Just the full, the, the journey on a, on a textual level, the journey on a meta level, meta textual how we level. got here. Again, like, I think the best story that WWE, in totality, the best story that WWE has ever told. It's absolutely in a, up there with very few yeah. other storylines uh, in contention. Absolutely. But now it is time for us to move on. And so <sighs> David, David's not looking forward to this one. And he shouldn't, I think. You, um, you've warned me that, that I'm going to hate this one and hate you for it. I, so I've had, I had a lot of ideas. I, I did. Okay. I had a lot of ideas of where to take this one. I uh -huh. thought we would do a shorter arc next, but actually I've checked my calendar. We are at, because we, we actually did a shorter arc before we did the long arc. So actually I decided we don't need to necessarily do a super short arc. Next. We can't just, we can't just go back to the five. We can't just do five. I tried so hard to make this five, but it wouldn't work with five like, there's too much that happens and so but i had bitch. multiple ideas and i needed david's help and so earlier this week i asked david no context hulk hogan or aj styles and, and i of course because i'm fucking tired of terry balea's horse shit uh i was only reminded of that by his hosting at wrestlemania 30 hashtag silverdome brother mm -hmm. um i chose of course uh uh aj motherfucking styles they don't want no we'll see how you none. feel about that um you say you we'll see how you feel about that choice let's let's reveal what was behind door number one is basically <laughs> our next arc is a tna arc oh okay first on this podcast yeah we picked hulk hogan and i do want to cover this eventually we would have oh, covered the second monday night wars the time oh, no. when he, oh, when God. Terry, when good old Terry and Eric Bischoff took over TNA, moved him to Monday nights to go directly against Raw, and then they got fucking shit canned by they Raw. They got destroyed. And it would have been a time to discuss in general what TNA looks like under the Hogan-Bischoff regime. Yes. Oh. But what you picked instead was... AJ Styles. And so instead of 2010, we're going to go to 2012. Okay. And so I was thinking to myself is if I had a nickel for every infamously bad storyline that involved some random non-wrestler woman character. Oh no. I'd have that was infamous for being the dog shittiest worst. I'd have oh, two no. nickels. Oh no. <laughs> Uh -oh. We already did one. We did Katie Vick. We did Katie and Vick. I she decided, wasn't even a real fucking woman. Well, you know, we don't need to re we don't need to revisit that arc. We're already done. <laughs> and it'll, so it'll I figured, let's do the other one. It's time for us to do Claire Lynch. <laughs> 
I feel like you've warned me about this one before. Oh yeah, I should have. This is this is one of the mwah, most infamous TNA <laughs> stories ever. Oh no. This is it. You look at the LOL TNA, top of the list, baby. Claire Lynch. <laughs> Do we at least get an actual like woman this time and not yes, just a there sex is a call? real okay. actress here. They got okay. a real well, actress for this. That's one. that's something at least. But are you ready to have to let's see way, way too much Dixie Carter? Well, too bad. No. <laughs> You're getting her anyway. So next no. time in the modern arc, we're governing Claire Lynch. Oh, Christ almighty, help me. Oh, no. For next time on this podcast, though, we are back to 1990 um okay we're on the road to wrestlemania 6 and honestly this next time we're gonna watch an episode of superstars and it's like the thing from this this feud a lot of as we talk about a lot of this feud has kind of been lost to time it seems like it's like they had the thing at the rumble oh that was so exciting and then they had a match at mania yeah we don't talk about hulk hogan's religious fanaticism or (laughs) Or the ultimate warrior sacrificing his fans. Yeah. Ritualistic sacrifice, as you do. But there is one promo that the ultimate warrior cut that everybody remembers from this one. Oh, God. And so I had to figure out which episode of Superstars it was. So we're going to watch an entire ass episode of Superstars just so we can get this promo. You know what? Fair enough. I mean, that's how this whole, I mean, that's how this whole, that whole arc's been really. You know, yeah, very, WWF, WWF oh, superstars God. is very slogging, segmented. Slogging you know? through fucking superstars just to watch like the particular shit. Oh god! At least it's only an hour. Is it? It was, it was like fucking two last time, or no? Was no, that we no? Prime, prime time prime. is two hours. Superstars okay, is an w- hour. Yay! That's for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Dear Lord. All right. Yes, sir. Friends, dear friends, thank you all so much for joining us in yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so delighted to have you here. First time listeners, viewers, what have you. Thank you all so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever the hell it is you use to consume our content. I think I said first time listeners. I meant returning listeners. Uh, you know the drill. Thank you for, for having us back once again. You know, we, we love you guys. We we hope you've had a great time as, as always. Uh first time listeners viewers that have you hey hi how's it going welcome to the show we here at the noobs and knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike so whether you're brand new to the wild wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all the weird bullshit either way we are so delighted to have you here uh we we hope you had a great time with us we hope you want to keep having a great time with us week after week after week and i'm going to tell you all the ways you can do so first and foremost of course you can find us on youtube we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on youtube hit subscribe Ring that bell, make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. And of course, um, give us that mm, sweet, sweet engagement. Check out all of our playlists. Austin has been kind enough to organize all of the storylines that we follow into their own separate playlists so you can follow something all the way down without having to skip around a whole hell of a lot. It's great. Um, uh, and uh, hey, you can see our beautiful, wonderful faces and uh, uh, us struggling through the first like two hours of of the back half while austin's wi-fi was being a bitch uh it's great um Mm -hmm. lots of lots of audio visual lagging to be found i'm sure you know you come for the memes 
but of course, if you're uh, more of a fan of the audio-only experience, we have you covered there. You can, of course, find the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on three of the best places to find your podcast, which would be, of course, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Come give us a listen there. Uh, download our show, rate our show, review our show. You know, maybe let some people know these guys are pretty fucking good. Maybe more uh, people should be listening to them. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'll speaking off the cuff here. Um, uh, all options for uh, tremendous for listening to us on the go in your home, whatever the hell it is you want. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast. Of course, we exist past this little void that we find ourselves in week after week. Uh, uh, you can find us on some places on social media, the, the broader interwebs. Of course, the primary place to find us is on Twitter at noobs and at knocks pod uh, on Twitter. Um, come check us out there. We do the whole Twitter thing, thing memes, discourse, you know, generally like hating the IWC as you do. Um, we put up a post every single time we drop a brand new episode. So you guys always know what the hell is going on. Of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting uh that's on a slight hiatus right now because i'm currently in rehearsals for a musical um that i will be indisposed every single wednesday until the middle of october whoops a doodle um but uh you know when we have the time anyway uh at 8 p.m eastern on uh tbs we are watching and tweeting about aew dynamite um and then on top of that when i have the time uh, on Friday nights and Saturday nights, we are, uh, I, I, the, the filthy AEW loyalist of this dynamic duo, um, will sometimes sit back and tweet about on Friday nights at 10 PM on TNT, AEW rampage. It is the show that y'all been waiting on and, uh, on at 8 PM Eastern on, uh, on Saturday nights at, uh, on also on, um, TNT, uh, yes, is, AEW uh Dino or is AEW sorry collision Holy Jesus junk. Christ it's been a hot minute since I've done these plugs all right give me a break yeah um uh yes um AEW collision Saturday night is all right for fighting and to I'll be clear only those. Saturday nights are all right for fighting as certain no, no other night in AEW Sunday afternoons Sunday are not all right for terrible fighting. time for fighting true many people are saying this many such cases um yes uh so um all uh, all all of that i will tweet about on top of that austin is a big old knockout as as you know so, someone might want to you know name a podcast after that or something uh uh and uh he likes to keep up with all of the the major companies uh a little bit and their pay-per-views sometimes they even tweet about them my friend what is on the docket coming up holy shit um I am weeks behind on Impact, and honestly, Oof. I haven't watched AEW this week either. So you know what? <laughs> I'm in a great position to talk about things. Yes. Uh, but going, let's go for it here. AEW has the next pay-per-view in the line. Uh, on October the 1st is AEW Wrestle Dream. Yes. Uh, the whole gimmick is that it is. It will be honoring Antonio Inoki. Uh, yes. It will be the one-year anniversary the of his great. passing. Oh. Tony Khan called him wrestling's greatest dreamer, Antonio Inoki. So will we have New Japan guys? Probably not. New Japan oh. has a show that day. 
Oh, and they have a lot of guys booked already. So what will that mean? We don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's October the 1st. Uh, You can get that on traditional pay-per-view uh, fight uh, Bleacher Report if you're in America, Fight TV if you're international or international. Uh, for WWE, uh-huh. uh, upcoming for them is Fastlane on October the 7th. Um, this is so weird because I'm so used to Fastlane being the pay-per-view between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. They're on the Fastlane on the road to WrestleMania. What are they doing now? Yes. They're on the fast lane to the road to Survivor Series? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't work. How dare they? Um, if you want to watch WWE on a weekly basis, Raw is on USA Network at 8 p.m. Eastern on Monday nights, and SmackDown is on 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Uh, obviously, way too early to have matches. But October the 7th, live on Peacock. Now, for Impact Wrestling, uh, you know, they do a lot of monthly shows. Uh, first of all, if you want to watch Impact Wrestling on a weekly basis, you can do so Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on Access TV or for $1 a month YouTube subscription. You can watch Impact live on YouTube starting at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays, commercial free. Uh now, Impact also does, has their own streaming service, Impact Plus. We'll be hearing more, a lot more about that streaming service when we do Claire Lynch. Um, and normally they do monthly uh, shows, minor show, monthly B-level pay-per-views uh, specials on Impact Plus. But upcoming next for them is Bound for Glory, uh, the biggest pay-per-view of the year for Impact on, a, on an annual basis. Um and it will be taking place on October 21st. Uh, so far, it's so far away. We don't even have a, a Wikipedia page for it yet. But that is what's upcoming. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, be sure to check all of that out. Uh, you know, first of all, over on the Twitter, if you like listening to us ramble about wrestling for, you know, God knows however long this fucking episode's going to be uh, for some ungodly reason, uh, uh, you'll enjoy it over on the Twitter. The voices carry over. We are our full authentic selves we're having a we're having a great time uh uh but also you know especially for the noobs of our audience we like to tell you guys all about what the hell's going on there uh all across the 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 world of wrestling because there is so much on offer um you know we we focus on kind of the the american companies just because that's what we have the best access to but there is so much on offer uh and we like to kind of put the palette out there for people who are kind of exploring this uh this new this wonderful art form to uh to to figure out what exactly they enjoy and what appeals to them um and you know pay-per-views especially are a great time for hopping on uh storylines are wrapping up new storylines are beginning you're guaranteed to get some like incredible fucking matches uh pretty much every time uh it's just it's just a good goddamn time uh so yeah check all of that out at noobs and Knox Pod on twitter of course if you want to get in more direct and long-form contact with us, you can do so via our email address. We have an email address, noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us. Tell us what you think about the show. Request things you want to see us cover on the show. Tell us how either based or cringed our takes are. Um, you know, just start discourse, start a conversation. We love people saying hi. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. And of course, finally, 
You can also find the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. The link for that is in our Twitter. $1 a month, just a single little bone dollary do every month. Gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. Shout out, as always, to friend of the show, uh, the sugar daddy, Kyle Smith, for his generous and steadfast contribution. We love you, buddy. We hope you enjoy your perks. If you want to enjoy your perks along with our boy, uh, Kyle, uh, be sure to do so. Uh, even just a single dollar a month supports us immensely, even just, you know, on an emotional level over here at the podcast. Uh, and we are um, uh, we are so, so very, uh, you know, happy to 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 take your money, as it were. Um, no, seriously, uh, check it out if you want to support us. Uh, Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. The link for that is in our Twitter. See you all next time. Hasta luego. Mm-hmm.